The following podcast is not for children and contains discussions of adult themes. In addition, this particular episode discusses murder. Listener's discretion is advised. And remember, listeners, the dreamiest thing you can do is listen to your own needs. Welcome back to the Three Little Words podcast, where we read and rank romance novels on steaminess, dreaminess, and memeiness. I'm Nicole. And I'm Claudia. And today we will be discussing Nanny and the Beast, a billionaire mafia romance by Georgia Lacar. Tale as old as time. (laughs) (laughs) I have a case of the giggles today, and I think it's because, well, I actually finished reading this book earlier today Mm -hmm. so it's like fresh in my brain and just remembering how silly it is this book was my pick yeah do you remember the the context of me picking this book no because i'm pretty sure we were like scrolling through goodreads and we were clicking on like random tags and stuff and i saw this and i was like oh my god we have to read this (laughs) it looks so ridiculous that sounds right we must have just found it randomly I think that's what it was, because how else would I have found this treasure here? I think our pattern is typically that you find your books somewhat randomly, and (laughs) I find my books by going, is there a book that's a romance novel about this? Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty spot on. So, Claudia, Mm -hmm. initial thoughts on the book? Nicole, (laughs) when you gave this book to me, I looked at it, I read the summary, I saw the, the art on the cover. I read the first couple pages and I was like, this book is going to be a fucking chore. I better get started on it now. Two weeks between our last recording and this one so that I can actually finish it in time and not have to read it in like two days and make myself suffer. I had to pace myself. I loved (laughs) this book, Nicole. I fucking loved it. Like, both ironically and unironically, I deeply enjoyed this book. So I want to say that this book perfectly embodies what I thought every book Mm -hmm. on this podcast was going to be like. (laughs) Yeah, huge agree. Okay, so you mentioned the cover and everything. So the cover, we have, you know, this very dashing looking man with a woman on his side and she's like resting her head on his shoulder, hand on his chest. And it just says nanny in beautiful cursive writing and the beast in big bold red lettering. And I just want to read the back of the book. I'll read for Yuri. You can read for April. A year ago, Yulia, my niece, lost both her parents. Two months ago, she completely stopped speaking. Her psychiatrist thought a gentler presence around the house might be good for her. She suggested a nanny for the child. Naturally, I would do anything that would help her regain her happy childhood. But I didn't expect the woman who stepped into my office. Yeah, she's got my attention, all right but for all the wrong reasons. I sure as hell don't need this ripe fruit to distract me day and night in my own home. I tell her she hasn't got the job, and watch her leave my study, but fate has other plans. Resistance is futile. April. He lives in a white mansion in London's Nightbridge, a magnet for playboys and Russian billionaires. Big, burly bodyguards look at me as if I have not come for a job interview but to steal the family's silver. Whatever. 
I maintain my professionalism. I'm determined to get this intriguing job of caring for a little girl who refuses to speak. A prim woman leads me to his study. She knocks and a deep, smooth voice beckons us to enter. The door opens and I set eyes on Yuri Volkov. O.M.G. His eyes are like a wolf's. Pitiless. Mesmerizing. Dangerous. Obviously, he is drop-dead wrong, but I can't stop imagining his big, tanned hands caressing every inch of me. After the briefest interview in the history of interviews, he informs me I haven't got the job. As I walk away humiliated from his study, it happens. The unthinkable. And suddenly, I'm back in the game. There's a saying, though. Be careful what you wish for. Oh, is that there? It's, n- yeah. it's not on the Amazon. Oh, yeah. It's on my physical copy. I need to talk about some some things that might be different between our copies oh. very early on. Ooh. Normally, I would kind of bury the lead on this a little bit, but can you go to chapter two for me? Okay, chapter two. Maybe this is going to sound like an odd question. Is there a YouTube link? Yes! Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite things about this book is that it has a fucking soundtrack. I was wondering if they would take it out completely for the print version because it's like, how are you going to follow this somewhat long <laughs> YouTube? Like, oh, let me go to, let me just manually type in youtube.com slash watch question mark V equals capital S G lowercase Y capital O lowercase A capital C X lowercase R eight capital L lowercase W. <laughs> <laughs> My note <laughs> for that was... This book was never supposed to be made into a physical copy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what I hold in my hands is just like an affront to nature. <laughs> I gotta say, I kind of love it. It really bends the medium. This, this is fanfic vibes. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, so I also want to like clarify because, you know, listening back to older episodes, I feel like I use fanfic vibes a lot and Mm -hmm. that's not always necessarily a bad thing i read some really fucking good fanfic but i'm talking about like when i was 13 14 writing my naruto fanfic and i was like oh my god this song is perfect for this so i would start like each chapter with like quotes from the song and then be like Mm -hmm. listen to this you know while you read the chapter and it's just it's so good that's it (laughs) yeah it was so good i laughed like physically out loud when I saw this fucking YouTube link. Yeah. It it just, it tickled me. I saw it and I was like, what on earth could that possibly be? And I followed it. And it's a link to the music video for the Rolling Stones Start Me Up, <laughs> which is just amazing. Also, the song choice that Georgia Lacar has for this whole book, largely... Pretty good, I gotta say. Yeah, I noticed that too. I think there were like one, maybe two songs I didn't recognize because for the most part, there was also just like a little snippet, just Mm -hmm. like a one line from the song underneath the link. And so I would recognize it that way because I'm like, I'm not typing out this whole fucking link. Are you kidding (laughs) me? Uh, It might be easier on like the ebook. You just click on it. Yeah. Not here. (laughs) So there is a chapter that's titled, there must be some kind of way out of here. It's a line from Mm -hmm. All Along the Watchtower. I was like, okay, cool. I like All Along the Watchtower. It is a cover of it. Oh. From, uh, I think the show is called Lucifer. Oh, yeah, that's a show. It's god awful. Oh, really? I'm sorry, Georgie Lacar. Horrible (laughs) choice. It sounds awful. Oh, no. This man cannot 
sing in the way that this song is supposed to be sung. Oh no. And it's like a, a piano cover too. Oh, I didn't even think about covers. I was just thinking, oh, like that. this is the song I, that did not even come across as an option in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I want to point out before we like really get into it is mm-hmm. that it's not every other chapter, but these chapters do alternate between the point of view of April, our female lead, and Yuri, our male lead. Mm-hmm. So we start in April's point of view. She's going to interview for a nanny position and the, she rolls up to this mansion. It's like fucking stunning. It's beautiful, lavish, all those thesaurus abusing words. Mm-hmm. And she finds herself in like a waiting room with two other nannies, one whom she recognizes from, I guess, a company she used to work for and then another one from somewhere else. Leading up to their first meeting, we have a couple, I feel like I highlighted a lot of stuff in this book because mm-hmm. a, a lot of this stuff like really tickled me. The first thing being the the goon <laughs> who was uh, walking her towards the waiting room area. Uh, his name was Brain, and, but my brain kept reading it as Brian and yeah. I was like, Brian? Because that's a much more sensible name. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's Brain. I think the name Brain is supposed to be, like, ironic. Oh, yeah, because it does mention later on that he probably has, like, anything but or something mm-hmm. like that. I used the word goon because that's exactly the word she uses to describe the palace that she finds herself in. Mm-hmm. So when she Googled Yuri, all I found were images of an extraordinarily handsome businessman escorting beautiful women to high society parties. No mention of a palace in Knightsbridge or goons that behaved as if they belonged in a bad mafia movie. So right away, we're like really leaning into it. Yeah, I kind of appreciate that. Me too. I feel like this book is very self-aware. Yeah. Which makes it more fun. I will say now that this is the most enjoyable book, I think, since Wildfire Griffin. I agree. I I highly agree. <laughs> also, I gotta say, this book is like in... I can never just talk about one thing. <laughs> in Eddie Izzard's famous 1996 show, Dressed to Kill... She talked about how if a British film does any business, they'll take it and remake it in America and it'll be more aggressive and grittier and stuff. This feels like that for Virgin to Redeem the Billionaire. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. This is like Virgin to Redeem the Billionaire is like mirror twin. Okay. So I feel like this episode could be 15 hours long just because so many things just There's like tickled so me. To say. There's so much. <laughs> So this line, uh, there was one picture of him, though, playing polo in Windsor, which caught my attention. Something about the expression in his eyes as he leaned down to swing his mallet. Here was a man who got what he wanted. And then skip forward a bit. A man who you allowed into your body. Did I just go there? I crushed the thought. And I just thought that was so funny. I'm like, polo, as far as I know, is not a very sexy sport. Maybe it is for, like, white people across the pond. But (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, know. it it does have every girl's favorite thing, horseback riding. Oh. <laughs> you think April is a horse girl, but she just never mentions it? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a full paragraph dedicated to this polo picture. So I'm going to say yes. I also highlighted, like, a man you allowed into your body. Did I just go there? It It felt like such an awkward line. Yeah. There are a lot of times where we get her i mean like even his internal monologue and they're very similar mm-hmm. which i think is really funny and so they will have a lot of like these kind of intrusive thoughts that, and they'll be like oh no i can't think about that yeah 
So right before we actually meet Yuri, at the end of chapter one, we get another little thing that that tickled me here. Good Lord. No, it was actually right before that. So she was saying how she was pretty confident that she would get the job. Here she says, I was good at my job. They called me the child whisperer back at the agency. I had tamed spoiled, rich kids, brats with behavioral problems, sick kids. So far, no kid has defeated me. And I, my note here was me playing Fortnite. <laughs> uh, what was your highlight there? She opens the door and sees uh, Yuri for the first time. I must called him Victor. Oh, no. <laughs> Good Lord, it must be the devil himself sitting behind that desk because only the devil could be so darkly handsome. It's like, could he? <laughs> I guess. Oh, see, now we have to look up Lucifer and see if the person who plays Lucifer is hot. I know nothing about this show other than the fact that there is a show named Lucifer. Listen, I'm I'm a big dyke, but even I'm like, eh. Tom Ellis looks like a dork in this picture, but let's let's see him. In a, oh, okay. Oh, this is definitely who she had in mind when she was writing this book. Yeah. But with blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah. We see you, Georgia. We see you. You can't hide. Do you think this was a Lucifer fanfic? I got, I gotta know. <laughs> I'm going on fucking AO3 because the way it's written, it felt very like AO3 structured. Yeah. I, I gotta know. Lucifer Nanny. I'm like looking her up to see if I can find anything. Yeah. So her website just says, Georgia writes contemporary and erotic romance from a little old 19th century romantic cottage surrounded by a magical garden filled with fruit and walnut trees. Oh, God, I wish that were me. Yeah. When she is not feeding words into her laptop, she can be found lost in the long walks in the woods, particularly on moonlit nights and often with the man of her dreams. Oh. Aww. Good for her. Good for her. I didn't, I didn't find anything searching Nanny in Lucifer on AO3. Okay, so chapter two, we get our first YouTube link. What was this long again? This was Start Me Up by Rolling Stones. Yes. So, oh, I forgot her name already. April walks in and Yuri has three thoughts pop into his head upon her entering. First, she looked nothing like the photograph in her file. Second, she wasn't one of the classical beauties I usually hooked up with. Third, lust. Pure, unadulterated lust flowed like fire in my veins. God, I wanted this woman. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the first time we've read a book where the guy says something along the lines of, I don't usually find myself attracted to women like you, but you're the exception. You know what the other one was? It was Innocence Nine Month Scandal. Yeah. Again, the connection. (laughs) I also gotta say, something with Victor's... (sighs) Fuck. Something with (laughs) Yuri's inner monologue that I found very funny is that he says fuck so often. So often. I say fuck a lot, but even I was like, okay, you don't don't gotta use that for every word. That's not the only adjective there is. (laughs) There's, I think, like one sentence where he says fuck like four times in a row because he uses it in different ways, like fuck fucking, fucked fucker. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a very versatile word. It is. (laughs) But again, I find it so funny when the male leads are always like, oh, like you're not conventionally attractive or whatever. And then he even says here, so when he's like taking her in fully, even in the cheap shirt buttoned up to her neck and loose gray suit, she was sexy as fuck. (laughs) I don't know why he's like, I don't normally go for girls like you because she sounds like she's fucking hot, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. And then I did 
not highlight this, but I do want to point it out because I just noticed it. He says she walked with a sure feline glide. She's compared to cats very often throughout the book. Numerous times. I think she's also compared to rabbits a couple of times. Rabbits at first, and then once their relationship gets a bit more fiery, she's referred to as a as a wildcat. Spoilers. That makes sense, yeah. So he has a very brief interview with her, and he's like, all right, we'll call you. And first of all, when he like dismisses her from the interview... Her eyes widened. God, they were fucking beautiful. I felt my I felt my cock twitch and come alive. I highlighted that too. <laughs> well, you know there was sentient cock. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, he, he dismisses her because he's like, she's so sexy, I won't be able to control myself. Which in all fairness turns out to be completely true. Yep. <laughs> April's like, just be honest with me. Did I not get the job? And he says, you didn't get the job. And she says, why? And he says, do you want me to be honest with you, Miss Winters? Naturally. I walk around the desk and she took a step back. The move was instinctive and told me clearly the lust I felt wasn't one-sided. She wanted me to. Because that's what taking a step back from somebody approaching you always means. They want you just so bad. We faced each other and I felt it instantly. We were natural-born adversaries. We'd fight like cats and dogs at every turn. Even if I wanted to hire her, I couldn't. Because, I said, and shot out a hand. My movement was so quick and unexpected, she didn't even have a chance to react. I pulled her towards me, and her luscious curves slammed into my body. So hard, she gasped, her mouth falling open with astonishment and excitement. No mistaking that. Of this, I murmured as my mouth crashed down on hers. For at least a whole instant, she remained so shocked she was frozen, then she began to struggle. I didn't let go. I waited for the natural desire between us to burst into flames. And it did. And they they start making out. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> I actually wrote that. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I wrote, sir, this is a job interview. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like, it wasn't fire. It was a volcano that erupted between our bodies. We devoured each other. My hands slipped to her ass and squeezed. It was a fine ass. I could already see it bare and and my palm print on it. I could tell she was completely and utterly lost. I could have taken her right there on my desk. Sir, sit job interview. Relax. (laughs) Get the spray bottle. Horny be gone. (laughs) So she slaps him because he really came on to her there. And, you know, she she does want it but you know still like i think that is the most forceful first kiss we've ever had absolutely actually per a goodreads <laughs> review i'm trying to you know find reviews now for books mm-hmm. uh we had a nice short and sweet one for sunny says i couldn't find a short one for here but one of the reviews does say no 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 it had so much promise, but there is absolutely nothing right about that first kiss, even if in the book she says she liked it afterwards. So far, I don't like either of the main characters. Him being good looking and rich does not make this okay. It makes it more wrong. Her accepting it and saying she liked it makes me dislike her more. It's far-fetched and disempowering. The thing, though, there is a lot of, like, dubcon in this book. A little yeah. bit. Dubious consent. Those not in the know. But I didn't minded in other books this has really like turned me off and made me upset 
But for some reason, I don't know if it's because the tone is so like escalated and it, it feels like it's so like leaning into itself. I think it's more that April fights back. Mm-hmm. April doesn't let him push her around unless she really wants to. Like, I mean, after this kiss, she slaps the shit out of him. And <laughs> he reassures us readers that he could have definitely stopped her at any time. But he didn't. Which, yeah, sure, Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. There, there are scenes later where he's being like very sexually forceful with her. And I was actually like, I kind of like this. I mean, you mentioned it, how probably because it leans into itself so much. And I think that's what made me able to like actually read through this. Because I feel like in other books that we've read that have had like Dubcon, the book has tried to take itself too seriously, Mm -hmm. which makes it worse in a way. It it makes it more realistic. Whereas, I mean, like the whole premise of this is so far-fetched. It's so wacky, honestly, that it doesn't seem as aggressive. Yeah. Apart from this scene and this kiss, or at least the initiation of this kiss, all of the other times really, it feels like play. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like assault. It feels like play. Yeah. And I think that is what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. I also just like that this book was fun. It was really fun. It was enjoyable. It wasn't just a dread to read. <laughs> I think it, I'm going to be talking about Innocence Nine Month Scandal several times during oh, this yeah, episode. Sure. Well, I mean, especially in this episode. I feel we yeah. do it all the time anyway, yeah. but especially in this episode. Yeah, the the Danny Collins fans have logged on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Collins, we love you. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Danny. But the thing is that, like, we did not like Victor. I think a lot of the reason we didn't like Victor is that he pushed Rosalia around. Mm -hmm. And Rosalia just fucking took it. Yeah. She was just, like, so beaten down. She was barely a person. But that's not the case here. And I think that's why I liked it. Yeah, like I did notice parallels between this and that, obviously. And then another thing I noticed that really separated the two is that Victor pretty much held her hostage. Yeah. Whereas in this one, he does remind her multiple times that she does have the option to leave. He doesn't want her to leave. And there is one point where, you know, he's like, no, you're not leaving. But then he said, after a week, you can leave. Yeah. So like just to kind of, you know, give him one final, uh, one last hurrah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, Rosalia's circumstances were insane. She was in a different country, you know? I was like, okay, we're going to stop talking about that. <laughs> go go listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah, listen to our, our second episode, Innocence Time Month Scandal, is an all-time classic. Listen to the first two episodes, yeah. because you'll understand the second episode better if you listen to the first episode. That's true. And maybe yeah. you should listen to, like, episodes three through ten, just, yeah. just like, while you're there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> So she smacks him and <laughs> and he smiles <laughs> and she leaves. As she's leaving, this little girl like comes out from behind a curtain in the room that she was waiting in before where the couple of other nanny candidates were, the nandidates. <laughs> and this little girl like who is apparently hiding behind the curtain the whole time comes running out. This is Yulia, who is Yuri's niece. Also, my dyslexic ass sometimes had to look a couple of times to process if I was reading a scene with Yuri or Yulia. Oh. (laughs) Just because, like, the first two letters, and there's an I in there, 
Mm -hmm. It threw me off a couple of times. It's not the author's fault. I'm just fucking dyslexic. (laughs) (laughs) So this little girl, she doesn't speak. She apparently hasn't spoken for like six months. Dig into this later, but it's important to know now, frankly. Yori went on a trip, and then when he came back, Yulia seemed very afraid of him and wouldn't speak to anyone. She communicates solely through like body language and through this little pink notebook that she has. She writes in it and then tears out pages and gives it to people. So this little girl like runs up to April and she writes down, don't go. April's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't get the job. And then she writes, don't leave me. I have that highlighted because I'm like, yo, this child is asking for help. Like, that's fucking yeah. terrifying. If a child came up to me and was asking me for help, I'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, what's <laughs> going on here? Yeah. Let's talk about this now. What are your thoughts on Yulia? She's a character. You don't like her? I just, I, she, there's, there's like nothing to like or dislike, in my opinion. Really? I thought she had a lot of personality. She has her moments, like, with the hair dyeing and stuff like that. But overall, I just, she's just kind of there as, like, something to further the plot. Yeah, she is a plot device. Like, let's be yeah. real. She's not a main character, but I, I really liked what we had. During a lot of early scenes, I was like, can we go back to hanging out with Yulia? I did enjoy those scenes. Maybe I did like her more than I let on, than I thought, but, um. Yeah, let me bully you into changing your opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this happened with, uh, what's it called? The fucking, uh, the... Sunny says. No, what was it? The, the one with the cop. Oh, uh, roses, roses and rain. rain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where I bullied you into liking it more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I did I did enjoy the scenes of them hanging out. It was just cute. It was fun. Mm-hmm. But I also have down here, uh, this is like when a cat adopts you at a shelter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Also, do you have a weird like so like at the beginning of chapters? In some fancy books, they'll have, like, a a big, like, first letter for, like, Mm -hmm. the first word. Do you have it, like, after each little, like, Yulia note, there's, like, a big first letter? I do. Okay, that's not how that works, usually. Yeah. There's also, and I don't know if this is just a printing thing, but during a later chapter, I think it was chapter 45, Mm -hmm. it doesn't start on a separate page. It's just at the bottom of the page it was already on. I'm like, that has to be a printing error. In all likelihood. Because, again, this this book was not meant to exist in a physical form. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Yulia gives those notes, and she seems like she is about to cry. And Yuri comes out, and Yulia runs away. Yuri's like, can I see those notes my niece gave you? And he looks at them, and he says, I've reconsidered. You have the job. April's like, I don't want the job. He offers to double her salary, and then he's like, name your price. Because there is, like, nobody who has so immediately connected with Yulia in this way, or who Yulia has immediately connected to. Yuri so deeply cares about Yulia. He really does. And I really love that. Mm-hmm. He's like, yes, I am so absolutely horny for you, but <laughs> Yulia's needs come first. I can obviously put that aside. His line here, yes, I am sexually attracted to you, but I can get a woman from anywhere. She chose you, so her need to have you overrides mine. Also, he says that I kissed you because you forced the issue. And it's like, no. 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 Keep thinking that, though. Also, I gotta say, this is probably the most popular book we've ever read. Is it? I'm looking through, like, the popular highlights. 
the next most popular book we read was Love Me Whole that had like typically a hundred highlights per popular highlight. One highlight in here has like 350. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's got on Goodreads 505 reviews and 6,592 ratings. God damn. Yeah. So I think this is the most popular book, which is so funny because I literally never heard of this. Yeah. Like the back of the book is like George R. LeCare is a number one Amazon bestseller. And it's like, I've not heard of this at all. Maybe it's something we would notice now that we're more in the scene, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know. I had never heard of her. I'd never heard of this book. But yeah, I was surprised as to how popular it is. I mean, just based on these ratings alone. Mm-hmm. This is a 3.94 on Goodreads, by the way, which I said before we started recording that I thought was too high. We'll get into ratings later, but just keep that in your brain, dear listeners. I think it's too low. <laughs> So she accepts the job, and it's mostly because she does see that Yuri like really wants to put Yulia's needs ahead of his, and she clearly sees how much this child wants her around, and she's mm-hmm. not about to abandon a child in need, is I think what she says. Yeah. Also, at the end of this chapter, um, before this agreement, he was a man and I was a woman. Now he was my employer and I was his employee. Ah, yes, the four genders. <laughs> <laughs> Tag yourself, I'm employee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Next chapter, we are back in April's point of view, and she's speaking with Charlotte, her roommate. What are your thoughts on Charlotte? I like Charlotte. I did not like her at first. I thought she was really fucking weird. I think after this first instance of her, that I liked her. Just this first interaction with her, I was like, this bitch is kind of fucking weird. I liked that she was so weird. (laughs) <laughs> I like how openly weird and openly horny she is. <laughs> Where it's like, I'm openly weird and I'm openly horny, but... <laughs> Which is why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, something I think just like the word choice threw me where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> and I feel like I can say some things sometimes that are just like, you know, <laughs> not suitable for children or workplaces. Yeah. Something on here that I highlighted, and I don't know if you had ever heard this prior to reading this book. In temperament, though, we are chalk and cheese. I have that highlighted, too. There are a lot of weird Britishisms in this book. I've never heard of this one. Never. (laughs) So I just highlight that one. That gave me a little little laugh. Yeah. I really like Charlotte and April's romance. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) I like their friendship. Me too. I do have a couple notes later on, because again, I don't really care for her in this first scene, but later on, I do have notes where I, I say something along the lines of like, oh, she's such a good friend, because mm-hmm. she, she really does have some really good moments in here. They're like sisters. I don't think they fully get into it for a while, but April grew up in the foster system because her mother like put her up for adoption when she was like six foster system another parallel to uh yeah the billionaire how do you think that april and victor kane if mike kane kane michaels (laughs) michael kane (laughs) (laughs) i feel like she would get on better with victor rohan than kane michaels oh because kane i feel like isn't too like alpha for her you know that's true. He's he's not alpha enough. He's a fucking beta scrub. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Yuri would fucking eat Rosalia alive. Oh my god, that poor girl. 
I made a promise to Danny Collins. <laughs> that I will mention her in every episode. <laughs> now I've broken that promise today. So they're talking here. And also, uh, Charlotte is also a nanny. So they're, you know, they are very similar people. Well, not really. But I mean, they run in a lot of the same circles and stuff, even professionally, and then them being friends and roommates and stuff. Mm-hmm. So their lives are very intertwined, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They, they're childhood friends. Charlotte basically adopted April. Yeah, which uh, they mentioned later on. I thought that was very cute. Yeah. I also appreciate how frank Charlotte is about like, hey, uh, this man sexually assaulted you. Mm-hmm. Can you be a little less weird about it? Yeah. She says, oh, my God, she spat. What a bastard. You should report him to the police. That's sexual harassment right there. And then she says it wasn't as bad as that, Charlotte. To which Charlotte says, what do you mean it wasn't as bad as that? You don't think it's harassment when a complete stranger who is supposed to be interviewing you for a job to take care of his niece jumps on you like that? And it's like, yeah. I yeah. love that the book points it out. Because mm-hmm. so many other books would be like, oh, Charlotte here is like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? <laughs> so we have April thinking about Yuri again. Nothing I'd learned and known about myself in my 26 years had prepared me for the way my body reacted to Yuri Volkov. For heaven's sake, I didn't even like the man. Yes, he was physically beautiful, but he was too hard and cold. I liked my men warm and caring. This was my first experience with pure lust. My note here was Edward Cullen versus Jacob Black. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, this is like divided up into two chapters. I don't know why it's the same scene. Yeah. Well, they're doing face masks, so I can only assume (laughs) that it was like while they had the face mask on, then the break between chapters is them taking off the face mask. And so the next chapter is them resuming their conversation face mask less. Well, there we go. (laughs) Then they start talking about the like sexual tension that April feels for Yuri. Also, I don't know if you have this line highlighted. Dangerous looking? Extremely. I was quaking when he came close to me. I shifted uncomfortably. Ever since that kiss, my clit felt strangely swollen. Now even the mere thought of him was making it throb. Yep. <laughs> there was a lot of swollen clit talk in this book. There was. I also wanted to point out, April does mention that she slapped him but got the job regardless, and Charlotte's very surprised. Charlotte says, oh, I think you'll be a good fit for the position. Absolutely. They don't call you the child whisperer at the agency for nothing. And it's like, what a weird thing to call her. Yeah. <laughs> the child whisperer. <laughs> so yeah april's just talking about how aggressively horny she is for yuri and how she had never felt something this strong she'd never been in such lust before another thing i highlighted on that same exact page is a swollen clip i've never felt like this before oh charlotte i wanted to fuck him right there charlotte's hand flew to her mouth oh my god There were goosebumps down my neck and arms, I continued. I didn't think he would notice, but his eyes traced them. He knew. It was so crazy. I could smell his need. Charlotte's giggle brought me back to the room. You could smell his need? What are you, a she-wolf? And my note here is, what in the ABO is this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that Charlotte is saying what we're all thinking. Charlotte is us. She speaks for the reader. She does. Also... Charlotte says a couple of things in this scene that uh, I highlighted as steamy, like coming from Charlotte, to be honest. Oh? April says, I felt like I was on fire. I don't know how it happened, but when his lips met mine, I felt as if I were melting. I couldn't even feel my legs. There was literally a fire in the pit of my stomach. Girl, put that out. (laughs) 
I really thought I was going to pass out. All I wanted to do was have him inside me. Just once, not more. He'll ruin me otherwise. And I want to watch. The words slipped out before she realized it. Our eyes clashed together before she could regain her senses. I shot out my feet and kicked her off the couch. Get out, you creep. Your ten minutes are over. Laughing, she pulled the mask off her face. Wow, busted. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) She pulled the mask off her face and hurried away from my attention. I'm not even going to take that back. From all you said, assuming you weren't exaggerating, I'd pay money to watch him pounding into <laughs> into you. You grabbing those thick muscles for dear life. It's like, ooh, Charlotte. <laughs> See, I highlighted that for a different reason, because I didn't find the dialogue believable at all. <laughs> I feel like it was supposed to hit a certain way, and I guess it got you. It did not get me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, different strokes. Yeah, haha. <laughs> Charlotte's like, what if he has a small cock, though? I gotta say, it's not about the size of the boat, ladies. It's about the motion of the ocean. So that bit before that, the part you highlighted is steamy. I was like, eh. And then right after that, when she was talking about like, oh, what if he has a small cock, though? Got me again. I was like, all right, Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going there to be the nanny of a seriously unhappy little girl not to report to you on the size of his cock. (laughs) Her smile was demonic. You've obviously never heard of multitasking. And she does end up multitasking, spoilers. Oh, and here is where we get a little hint as to what's really going on. While April was at her interview, Charlotte did some digging. So she says here, in fact, while you were at your interview, I did a little research and... In the tabloids? Are you kidding me? They're not entirely wrong about everything she defended. And the word is, Yuri Volkov is somehow connected to the Russian mafia. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Oh no, how how could this be? Oh my god. The Russian mafia in my mafia slash nanny fiction? Oh my god. Who'd have, who'd have thunk? <laughs> so yeah, so they're wrapping up their conversation and April says, you want to know something weird? While I was with Yuri, he made me feel safe, absolutely, and completely safe. For that moment, I was his woman, and every other man knew not to even come near his possession. My note there was, is this supposed to be hot? Because I didn't find it hot. (laughs) I did not find it hot. I found this book more entertaining, I think, than I did hot, I guess. There are steamy moments. Again, we'll get into this during like rankings. I think we're going to have some very different rankings here. But I feel like, I mean, I still want to say I I really did enjoy this book. I just (laughs) feel like for different reasons than you. Okay, she's heading to her first day at work, so she's going to be staying in their mansion. Mm-hmm. She has an apartment with Charlotte, so I'm like, you're really paying rent for a place that you're like not even yeah. living in, really? So I was just like, girl, manage your money better. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I mean, she got to name her price. That is what? that is true. I wonder how much she said. We don't. We never know. We never find out. How much out. would you say? Hmm. I don't know. What's the going rate for nannies? <laughs> Oh, glass door. Uh, London. There we go. It was one of the first ones that came up. 19k to 76k per year. That's a bit of a range. Okay, I'm gonna. Well, he's he's loaded though, so I'm gonna say 76, yeah. and then he doubled it, which is 152. Yeah. So 76k is 92 thousand dollars. That was what I was going to say as like my upper echelon. Like, Holy I would shit. be like, ooh, give me $100,000 a year. Give me 150K, bitch. Yeah. And here, he's like, I'll double it 
And then he's like, name your price. Ooh, let me make a, a half mil nannying. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Let me just escape my tax bracket completely. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though. <laughs> give me so much money that I won't have to pay taxes. Yeah, give me so much money that I can uh, fly my jet 20 minutes away across town. <laughs> <laughs> dumping tons of CO2 into the air like every celebrity. I want to have so much money that I can actively contribute to polluting the earth and killing our planet. <laughs> it's the American dream. It is. Sometimes I will use a single-use water bottle, mm-hmm. but you know I'm I'm like a nobody in this pollution industry. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to be someone. <laughs> I mean, listen, I can stab straws into as many turtles as I want, but I'll never do as much damage as Taylor Swift does in one afternoon. I'll never amount to anything. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just kind of get a description of the house. I mean, saying it's a house is clearly an understatement. This is a huge fucking mansion it's gorgeous the cottage this shack this hut oh this, yeah <laughs> this little abode <laughs> yeah super shabby but you know she talks about like chandeliers and shit so i mean like this man has very expensive taste and he clearly all these industries he's dabbling in you know makes him a pretty penny here yeah they mentioned that he has so many fucking personal assistants and i Found myself questioning, how many personal assistants does one person need? Listen, as an executive assistant, do not say that shit. Do not put really? me out of the job, Nicole. <laughs> oh, because this man has at least three. And I'm just like, what is he doing? Yeah, he does not need that many personal assistants. But those personal assistants will not tell him that he does not need that many personal assistants. <laughs> But yeah, so we do meet Zelda, who is the head personal assistant, and she runs the house, essentially. Yulia has a very packed schedule Mm -hmm. that includes piano lessons followed by martial arts lessons at age six, which I kind of love, to be honest. That was me at 11. I did piano and taekwondo. (laughs) You play piano? I took lessons for two years and all of that information. I mean, like, I, like, know what keys are, like, which notes and stuff, and I will dabble, but I can't play a song for shit. <laughs> you should take lessons again so that we can do piano and violin duets in a few years. Oh, my God. Just give me a sax. <laughs> I, can still, <laughs> I still remember fingerings for sax. <laughs> so Margot, the personal assistant, says that Yuri insists on everyone being trained in self-defense to ensure that you can protect Yulia in the event of a mishap. This comes up repeatedly in in the book where Yuri is like, you need to learn how to handle a gun. You like, we need to teach you some kind of self-defense. And then she just kind of doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it comes back at the end of the book, but like she doesn't really learn beforehand. Even in the bit where it comes back, she's like, Jesus Christ, I wish I had actually learned how to to use a gun. She and Yulia have lunch together and kind of get to know each other. And April, in a very early act of, like, making her mark on this place, they're eating in this huge, lavish dining room. And Yulia, being six years old, looks very, very small at this table. (laughs) April asks Zelda, like, is there anywhere else that we can eat? And they end up eating in, like, the kitchen where, like, the staff ends up eating lunch at this, like, much smaller, more cozy table. And it has like a nice view about the outside. And I think it mentioned like an apple tree or something. Yeah. So it's just very cute, cozy, and 
you know, much more welcoming to a, a child. Exactly. This comes back. So I do feel the need to mention it here. April, after they finish lunch, says, you have a free hour after lunch. What do you want to do? She came alive then and wrote on a notepad, red hair like yours. Her eyes pleaded with me to make it happen, which is the, the cutest shit. And <laughs> April says, I knew instinctively that she was trying to manipulate me. Children are masters at that. It was obvious that she had already asked an adult and had been rejected. So she was trying her luck with me. I love that Yulia is like, ooh, new person who doesn't know that I'm not supposed to do this. Yep. But before that, though, mm. April points out how good Yulia is about eating her vegetables and how normally kids her age will put up a fight, but Yulia doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, why is this? Why are you so you know good with vegetables? And all Yulia writes on her notepad is, he. Mm -hmm. And so April's like, what the fuck does that mean? So she, you know, kind of steals a notepad and writes, who is he? You know, we can assume here before, I mean, we learn later on what's going on, but at this point, I, I, I at least when I was reading it, I'm like, it's gotta be Yuri and he oh, probably, yeah, who else is it gonna be? It's very telegraphed. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so, you know, like he obviously cares about her, but she's very intimidated by him. She's afraid of him. Mm -hmm. Enough so where she does everything exactly the way she's supposed to so as to not upset him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we get that a real glimpse into that in this scene here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but they go ahead and like play and stuff. I did make an, <laughs> like a stupid note here. They go to the activities room and they play tic-tac-toe for a while. And my note here was like, how long can you really play tic-tac-toe for? <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Also, <laughs> they have tea. And welcome to, to Claudia's conjecture corner here as I say that <laughs> April has huge autistic energy. Where she just decides to info dump about like the history of tea and like tea time as a ritual for a long time, apparently. And... <laughs> She says, by the time tea was over, Yulia had heard a great deal about tea and the history of tea, but she hadn't said a word. It's like, yeah. I mean, she she doesn't speak ever. I know that this was kind of an effort to make her speak? Question mark? Yeah. But also, you do have a very captive audience to kind of say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Very true. But I just, I thought it was so funny. I mean, she says, I had once considered myself reasonably clever. I had never failed to entertain children and elicit squeals, laughs, and chatter. From Yulia, I got nothing. The girl did smile once in a while, but she contributed absolutely nothing to the conversation, not even writing on her notepad. What was she supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> as far as like D-type, she's six years old. Yeah. Like, oh yes, fascinating. Please tell me more about, you know, how tea became, like, gentrified. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're probably not going to mention it at the point where it comes up, so I might as well just mention it here. My favorite way of April trying to get Yulia to talk is her being like, Yulia, do you speak Russian? And <laughs> she writes down, yes, I speak Russian very well. Why? And April's like, could you say something in Russian for me? And Yulia openly and gives her a huge eye roll and <laughs> and says, like, no. Oh, she's like, you wouldn't understand it anyway. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Yulia's a, a little shit sometimes. I like that. She, uh, yeah, okay. I, I do like her. <laughs> <laughs> Did forget to mention, because I totally forgot this happened, but Yuri requested to have dinner with April that night. 
Yes. So once she puts Yulia to bed, she makes her way downstairs to the fancy dining room where he's waiting for her. And she's expecting to sit 50 miles away on the opposite end of this long ass <laughs> table. But he's like, nah, come here. You're sitting next to me, babe. Yeah. Also, I kind of like their first little interaction here where she apologizes for being late to dinner. And he says, is the prerogative of a beautiful woman to make an entrance? I did highlight that as well. It's very charming. Well, I just said me showing up anywhere, not because I have like poor time management <laughs> skills or I'm running on colored people time. It's like, <laughs> this is intentional, I swear. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> they toast to their health, which I thought was funny. It's mm-hmm. cute. And Yuri talks about how Yulia hasn't talked for six months. This is where you get the Yulia backstory a little bit. Yulia came to live with Yuri because her parents died like a year ago or something. Yes, a year ago. And he doesn't answer how they died. She even asks, like, straight up, her parents, was it an accident? I knew there was also, who the fuck asks that? Yeah. But she does ask, and he, you know, quickly changes the conversation over to something completely different. Because, you know, you don't fucking ask that. Yeah. He goes into, you know, all these changes that Yulia's experienced since the death of her parents, you know, including her not speaking for like six months at this point. She's also become really withdrawn. She used to be much more sociable, but now she doesn't. Like she participates in a lot of solitary activities like reading, and but she's never openly like talked about it. Where she did have this grieving period where she did would cry a lot and stuff like that, but she like never asks any more than that. She doesn't like talking about her parents. She doesn't like talking right now in general. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But even before then. Yeah. She notices that it was when he left. He left for, what, like a couple of days or something? And -hmm. it was when he came back that he noticed that she stopped speaking. And so she's like, did anything happen? And he says, not that I'm aware of. I mean, he asked the staff and nobody said anything. Nobody said that anything significant happened. And as far as they know, it's nothing physical, but he said that was the first thing they had checked out. So he says that her psychologist called it delayed trauma. Yeah. That's, they, they honestly don't really know what's going on. What can you do? What can you do? Oh, we were at the second song in the story, which is the horrible Lucifer cover of All Along the Watchtower. <laughs> I might send this to you real quick so you can hear it. Please, please do. And in turn, I will remember how bad it is <laughs> oh it's and it's lucifer singing it yeah uh-huh. okay it's slightly better than i thought but it's not what i expected i didn't like it you know not every song needs to have an acoustic cover exactly this doesn't need to exist it very much does not this is never how Jimi hendrix and and bob dylan meant for this song to be heard uh how would you know Claudia. Uh, because I'm <laughs> Bob Dylan's daughter, obviously. Oh my god. That's me, Bobette Dylan. Jimi Hendrix is my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and he works at Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Yuri's point of view now. I also like how it's always Yuri's chapters who have that have the songs. Yeah. What does that say about him as a character? He's just always got music in his brain, like me. Maybe like mm-hmm. 90% of his brain space is occupied by song lyrics instead of something useful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got we to pick up pace here. We're an hour and 15 in and only 25% of the way into the book. Jesus Christ. <laughs> every, every episode now is like a four hour recording. <laughs> oh God, we need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we get it from Yuri's point of view and, you know, he hates to see her go, but he loves to watch her leave. I gotta read this line. 
I'd had so many women in my lifetime, they'd all met me on their knees, eager to please, their mouths open, ready to swallow anything I cared to spurt. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote, um. <laughs> I just have it highlighted on the next page. Okay, so even today, I had to pretend to enjoy my dinner when all I wanted to do was bury my face between her legs. Sure, she would struggle, but I would enjoy that as well. And my only note here is a little drawing of a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my favorite part of this. With a smile, I left the dining room. The heat she had stirred inside me gnawed at my insides. <laughs> my my cock hung heavy and hard. I headed out to the pool to cool off, but 20 laps later, I was still thinking of spreading her legs, and my, my dick was still hard as a rock. Okay, so we're about to get into our first, like, explicit scene. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed this one. I gotta say... Mm-hmm. Georgia Lacare, Lacar, Lacare, Lacou can <laughs> fucking write a sex scene. I there are some times where like they were kind of goofy to me, but this I this was okay. He's in the pool, right? Mm-hmm. And he swims naked. He always swims naked. With my back against the wall of the pool, I shut my eyes and fisted my cock. Her image rose into my mind, that plump mouth stretched around my thick head, those beautiful emerald eyes staring up at me as I fucked her mouth. I gripped the pool's edge. I was already so close to exploding. I conjured up the scent of her cunt, and just like that, I exploded. Growling like a beast, I came, hot comes spurting from my cock and into the blue of the water. And he fucking hears a sound, and it's April standing at the <laughs> edge of the pool, just staring at him with, like, her mouth agape. <laughs> How long do you think she had been there? Oh, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> this book is the most explicit any sex scenes that we have read have been, even more than Love Me Whole. Oh, for sure. Literally reading this, though, I was like, oh, Claudia's going to love this shit. She's been asking for porn. (laughs) It's porn, baby. I was so hype. So she was clearly there to to go for a swim and just happened upon her employer just fucking jerking himself off. (laughs) He says, you wanted to swim. Go ahead. My note here was, bro, you just came in that. (laughs) You just came in that pool, (laughs) my dude. (laughs) It's so gross. (laughs) Oh, also, we get the only chapter where April has a a song. Oh. Which is this sex scene. We do get one. This song is, first of all, is like a lyric video. Oh my god. Is by Sugar Babes, Too Lost in You. Ah. This is a a 7 million view video from 13 years ago. This is old school YouTube. It's square. Oh my god. Anyway. Back in the day. She gets into the pool because she like can't say no to it. So she's like tucked away in a corner, very uncomfortable having witnessed what she just witnessed. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I'm sorry. I got to read this YouTube comment on Sugar Babe's (laughs) Too Lost in You lyrics. Victoria M.M. 10 years ago said, everyone says love hurts, but that's not true. Loneliness hurts. Rejection hurts. Losing someone hurts. Everyone gets these things, these thing confused with love. But in reality, love is the only thing in this world that covers up all the pain and makes someone feel wonderful again. Also, there's so many like weird line breaks in, you can't see it, but there's so many weird line breaks in her comment. It makes it very difficult to read. Victoria, uh, proofread, please, next time. <laughs> I expect my YouTube comments to have uh, MLA formatting. Please, cite your sources, 
or else. <laughs> so yeah, so she's in this pool. She's uncomfortable as fuck. And she's super fucking horny. Mm-hmm. I wanted to trace the sculpt of those abs with my tongue. And of course, there was his cock. Of course. How Charlotte would howl when I told her just how big it was. He had a very sizable one. And from what I could see, any woman should think twice about letting such a monster inside her. <laughs> Which like, ow. I'm not going to learn how this feels for a couple years yet. But it sounds like that could be pretty painful. She can't get the image of him beating himself off out of her brain. It's just, mm. Mm-hmm. So good. She loves that. And she's like, oh, like, Mr. Volkov. And he says, Yuri, call me Yuri. <laughs> it's very sexy, I guess. And so, you know, she says, maybe you shouldn't have hired me. And he says, why not? And she doesn't answer. And he says, because you want to fuck me too? With an arm around my waist, he slammed me into his chest. My breasts crushed to the hardness of his body. He rubbed me against him. Oh God, if he did this long enough, I felt sure it would bring me to an orgasm. A shameless, brutal one. One that would leave me with not a shred of dignity. I was like, damn girl. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Why do you deny what's going on between us? He walked into the dining room. My dick was instantly hard and you were flushed red. So you feel it too. What exactly is holding you back? This scene is very good. It's so good. So he's like kind of teasing her, like mocking her in a way. And she realizes this. I realized he enjoyed mocking me. It angered me even further. I didn't even care if I got myself fired. I shot out my hand underneath the water, my gaze not breaking away from his and grab his thick cock. So he cages her in. He says, you're coming for- You cut the, you cut one of the best parts. Excuse me. I heard the excited gasp escaping his lips at my hold and it gave me that bit of confidence I needed. I like that Yuri is so reactive. Okay, so he says, you're coming for blood. My frown deepened. Spreading my legs apart, I drew his cock to me, forcing his entire body along, which I was just thinking about. And I'm like, that sounds like it would hurt just like yanking on it. Let me tell you. Yes, it would. (laughs) Again, like overall, I really enjoy the sex scenes, but there are little parts like this that like bring me out of it for a hot sex. I'm just like, why are you just tugging on his dick? (laughs) And over my swimsuit, I stroke the wide head up and down the lips of my sex. Hello? Yeah. My head fell slightly backwards as I moaned silently at the sensation. A dark coil of ecstasy unfurled in the pit of my stomach. Oh my god. I kind of like that this also, it's not quite enemies to lovers, but oh boy, is there a lot of like angry tension in a lot of the early sex scenes. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not it's not enemies to lovers, but they're constantly trying to like rile each other up and defy each other. Yeah. So you get that's where you get the tension from. Mm-hmm. So she's like wearing this one piece, and she's trying to like scooch over like the crotch part of her swimsuit <laughs> so that he can you know fuck her. And she talks about having this moment of madness where she's not even thinking about protection or that that's her boss. She just wants to fuck him. He rips her swimsuit. My note here was that shit's <laughs> hard to rip. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, damn, how do you even do that? Strong man. I don't think it's a man. I mean, that shit got some stretch. I don't think it's a manner of strength. You got to make like a, like an incision in it and then you can like pull it apart. But to just rip it, it's not even possible. (laughs) Can you really do that? We need more experimentation. We do. Viewers, please send us your one piece bathing suits that we can try and rip them. (laughs) That that sounds so horny. (laughs) It's like asking people for their underwear or feet pics. To your listeners, sure, send us your feet pics <laughs> so that we can rip them. Send us your feet pics so we can pass them off as our own and make money off of them. <laughs> okay, so this this scene is just incredibly hot. Mm-hmm. So he just fucking rips that shit, 
and like yeets it away. He was a rough man, but as he tore what remained of my swimsuit off my body and reached behind to grab my buttocks underneath the water, I decided that I wanted his brutality. I wanted ferocious fucking from him. He crushed my hips to his as he dived at my breast, sucking a nipple into his mouth. I writhed my hips desperately against him when he took his revenge by biting me back. Without warning, he lifted me up from the pool and plopped my bare ass on the tiles. Goosebumps appeared on my skin as he grabbed my knees and jerked my legs apart. Fuck, April, he rasped, looking at my exposed pussy. Then he came from my cleft and covered my pussy with his mouth. What? Cleft. A little little weird. Yeah. With my palms propping me up, I threw my head backwards, thrashing at the wild assault. Fuck, I cried, writhing my hips to his tune as he ate me up like a maddened, starving man. He nipped brutally at my bud, stroking relentlessly at the tip with his tongue and then reaching down to grittily lap up the rush of juices spilling out from his assault. And so he gets a phone call and she's like, don't you fucking dare. And I thought this part was incredibly hot because he, he needs to get his phone and he starts to pull away. I didn't want him to leave me, so I tightened my legs around him. I couldn't bear it, not until he got me off. I was so close. Fuck, he cursed and began to pull away. I panicked. Don't you dare, I wailed, and began to ride my pussy up and down his mouth and face. Like, oh, just, mm. Yeah. (laughs) That got me. And then he says, I need to get that call, little rabbit. It's urgent. Keep your legs open. I'll finish you off the moment I'm done. And then he doesn't. And then he doesn't. But, like, before all that, I mean, he was interrupted. Yuri Volkov, very generous lover. Yeah. He goes down on her every single time they have a sexual encounter. Yep, basically. Like every time. And I love that he seems to enjoy it. Oh, for sure. This man loves eating pussy. Like he seems to offer it even if there isn't going to be more. Yep. So yeah, he doesn't finish her off. So he has to leave. And she's like stuck in this pool now because her swimsuit has been torn to pieces she had a robe though didn't she no zelda comes out and brings her the robe but i swear that she had a robe when she came out yeah because she undid the robe when she came when she came out exactly yeah the seconds slowed and ticked loudly as i waited to see what she would do when her hands moved to the knot to her robe and began to untie it her eyes filled with defiance yeah but then i guess (laughs) maybe she forgot (laughs) just maybe he took it with him (laughs) (laughs) he's wearing her robe (laughs) Oh, maybe. (laughs) But he sends Zelda out and she finds it humiliating because, I mean, it was Yuri who told Zelda to go out there. What else could have possibly been going on other than something sexy, you know? Yeah. She leaves a robe and towel at the edge of the pool and April thanks her. And I highlighted this line. She turned around to leave and I clothed myself in the shame of his callous dismissal. So good. Oof. That was my, my note there. Just oof. Yeah. Like, damn, how shitty must that have felt? Yeah. She kind of gets like sub drop over it. Yeah. We moved on to the next chapter and she's she's talking to Charlotte and filling her in on what happened. And <laughs> so I, I love this part here where Charlotte's very clearly mad at Yuri. And April says, first of all, are you angry that he didn't finish me off or are you pissed that he abandoned me? Both, she exclaimed. <laughs> Like, yes. (laughs) But April made up her mind to stay. You know, she said she wants to stay for two reasons. One being for Yulia and the other being because she actually like desperately wants to fuck this man. Mm -hmm. And so Charlotte says, do you actually believe what you're saying? Yes, I do. Why shouldn't I have a tort affair with him? Trust me, it will be hard to find a woman who says no to him. Anyway, don't people do this kind of thing all the time? You're not people. You don't form emotional attachments easily, but when you do, it's usually strong enough to mess you up bad. 
I'm not going to form any attachment. You don't know that, she interrupted. Charlotte, you can't wrap me up in cotton wool to keep me safe. Even if I end up getting hurt, I still want to do this. If I don't, I'll regret it for the rest of my life. Do you understand? My note here was, imagine your biggest regret being not fucking a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, couldn't be me. But also, I just thought it was weird that, I mean, I guess, you know, Charlotte knows her better than I do, but I'm like, why would your brain go directly to emotional attachment? You don't need to have an emotional attachment to somebody to fuck them. It's true. Trust me. <laughs> this morning, she has breakfast with Yulia, and Yuri comes up to her at breakfast and is like, what are you doing at 4 p.m.? And she says Yulia has some sort of lesson at that time. And he's like, you're going to meet me at this place, I'm going to teach you how to shoot a gun. So she says, you know, she doesn't want to. He says, it's just a precaution. I take Yulia's safety very seriously. She says, I don't want to use a gun. Consider it an occupational hazard. You're the one who wanted the job, he reminded me. You can quit at any time you choose. And my note here is teachers in the USA versus the NRA. <laughs> Too real. Big oof. Oh. So. What? <laughs> what are my notes on here? This is so this? stupid. <laughs> um, so, well, they're getting very, they're getting very flirtatious, very, you know, hot and heavy in the kitchen mm -hmm. or dining room, whatever. And she says, can you, I asked. He stopped. Can I what? Handle me? And so, you know, they're all up in each other's business. His gaze roamed hungrily over my jutting breasts as my chest heaved. His eyes were veiled. Put your claws away, wildcat. I don't think you understand what you want to get yourself into. My only note there was high school musical because it's all I could think about. No. This wildcat. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember this part of high school musical. Yeah. It's so it's such a stupid fucking note, but every time I saw a wildcat, I just thought of high school musical. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. What team? Wildcats. Wildcats! Get your head in the game! He like slams her down on the table like sexually aggressively and Yulia comes in just about then. She looks like she's about to burst into tears. It's clear that she's afraid that Yuri has or is hurting April. It's just Yulia's afraid of her uncle. Another instance in which we see this. Yeah. Oh God, this poor child. Yeah. We are now in Yuri's point of view and he's just fucking... Thinking about April <laughs> while a circle of like five men is just kicking the shit out of this man on the ground. And he's just thinking about fucking April. <laughs> yeah, I was imagining like the um, I think it's from Jojo where where they're all like stomping on that guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the gang beats a dude. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I imagined. That is, that's, what, <laughs> that's what's happening. Except one of them is thinking about fucking their nanny. <laughs> <laughs> no. Also, this chapter opens with, April Winters distracted me. Distracted was a euphemism for what she was doing to me. Yeah, Yuri, thanks for clarifying. I understood that. I, I didn't. Thank you for the extra context. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been horny in my life, so, I, you know, I, I needed a little bit of help. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. why we started this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so these five men are kicking the shit out of this one dude, but Yuri refuses to get his hands dirty. So he's allowing his goons, his little minions to do all his work, all, all the dirty work, at least. Mm -hmm. This part did get an eye roll out of me. I know what line you're about to I, say. I, I know you know. Let's see. I knew they were waiting on me. Had it been under my late father's or even brother's command, they wouldn't have needed to. They could have simply filleted him and presented their victim's heart in a silver box. 
I'm not into wet work. I don't enjoy it. And I believe it is the best way to end up behind bars. I'm not a sociopath. I'm a psychopath. But for the first time in a very long time, wet work had become necessary. Get out of here with that ableist bullshit. Ugh. Ugh. Fuck that shit. Huge fucking Sherlock energy. Oh, it's just like, trying so hard to be edgy that just comes off as so cringe. <laughs> Absolutely cringe. So yeah, they end up killing this guy. Oh, and we meet Yuri's friend, Alex. Yeah. Do you like Alex? I like his relationship with Yuri, but we don't really see that too much. He's not much of a character. Yeah. But I mean, the way Yuri speaks about him, he speaks about him very highly and he's like his most trusted friend and confidant. So I like their relationship. We just don't really get to see it. And the parts we do see aren't very good. (laughs) Yeah. Alex is his Charlotte. Yes. But with like face tattoos and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, also, I wrote a note here because they're both Russian. I'm pretty sure Alex is also Russian. I think so. Shouldn't his nickname be Sasha? Because... I do not know. That's the Russian name for Alexander. Mm. Like uh, in hit game Psychonauts, Sasha 9, I believe his full name is, is Alexander 9. But anyway, that was my nitpick. I think that his name should have been Sasha. But maybe that's just me. Uh, My little, not like necessarily a nitpick, just like a stupid little note. Let's see. So yeah, when we get introduced to Alexander, you know, we learned that he is Yuri's second in command and best friend since they were in middle school. He'd clung to me from the moment I told him how dangerous my family was. How did your mom die? Our schoolmates had asked me. My father shot her, I'd answer dryly. Some had believed me and fled. Others had labeled me sick in the head. But this yellow-eyed Godzilla of a boy had seen something in me and stayed by my side. And we note there was jaundice. (laughs) (laughs) Whether he believed me then or not, I would never know. But either way, as the years went by, he'd refused to leave. And I realized no one else in my life could strike that deep note of affinity I had with him. I like that. So Alex is calling him out. He's just like, yo, what the fuck is going on with you? <laughs> yeah. You're acting like a big fucking weirdo right now. And we're kicking a man to death. Alexander clearly knows that something's like going on. He's just not talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did enjoy this bit. It was times like this when I hated him the most. I didn't need his intelligence and silence. I needed a fucking gorilla who didn't understand me so well. <laughs> <laughs> then April shows up. She meets Alex for the first time. And a little note I had on here Alex scared the shit out of everyone. He had tattoos on his neck and face. He was as big as a brick outhouse. He gazed unsmiling at her. And I just thought the the, the choice of words here, brick outhouse? Yeah. I've heard brick house, but why specify an outhouse? I've heard brick shit house. I guess so. Never outhouse. Outhouse. It's a little too formal. Yeah. You know, I, th- I, I just think, I think brick house, like she's a brick house. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. well, Alex does seem mighty mighty. <laughs> Just letting it all hang out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, April shows up and Alex is immediately like, ah, okay, yeah, I get it. Uh-huh. He says in Russian, you need to fuck her hard and quick. Get her out of your system, then dump her. She's the wrong sword. And then he leaves. <laughs> also, I totally was wrong about April not having song titles in her chapters because we have another one here oh yeah never mind yeah so i take that back the next song is fine young cannibals she drives me crazy for those playing along at home we get april's point of view she's super horny and she's like how oh and she saw the dead body also yeah fun fact they dragged the guy they killed out of the place and she saw that yeah she's like that guy was probably dead that's not good that's like the that tiktok audio i've heard 
or this kid is like, Jesus Christ, that's her. <laughs> and so she's wondering, how could I feel like having sex when I've just seen a dead body? <laughs> yeah. She very clearly does not want to be there. She doesn't want to learn how to use a gun. And then he shoots at something and it scares the shit out of her. Doesn't he shoot like next to her head like a fucking idiot? Yeah, through the concrete wall near where my head was. Yeah, no. We know he's good with the gun, okay? But you don't fucking do that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, you don't point a gun at anything you do not want to destroy. Yeah. And so she's like very clearly upset and rightly so. So she slaps him and then she's like, oh, I didn't I didn't mean to do that. And she was going to apologize. But I'm like, girl, no, do not apologize. He's being a motherfucker. And he grabs her and she's telling him to let her go. And then, but everything was silenced when he turned me around and crushed his lips to mine. My body was pinned tight against him. My legs were off the floor. My neck twisted to accommodate his wet, hot beast of a tongue as it plunged into my mouth. And then this line I highlighted because uh, it was it's a weird line. I should have bitten it, but like Pavlov's dog, I sucked on it automatically, shamelessly. And I, my note here is I never learned that in psych. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not what Pavlov's dog. I don't think Pavlov was making out with his, dogs. his tongue and his dogs. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's Pavlov with a little bit of Freud sprinkled on top, you know, mm. <laughs> for flavor. But we get to our next sexy scene here. We get a lot of sex in this book. We do. And I was so happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I want. Yes, you've been very clear about this. I was I reading this. I was like, oh, I'm so happy for Claudia right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been happy with books that have had less sex in them. I liked Wildfire Griffin that had like two paragraphs and Virgin to Redeem the Billionaire wasn't that explicit. But this was like, oh, I've been waiting. Porn, baby. <laughs> Let's see. So yeah, I mean, they're really going at it. I think he's like fucking her against the wall. If I yeah. remember correctly, like he's fucking like lifted her up and like pinned her against the wall and is fucking her like that, which, ugh, mwah, so good. Very good. I actually don't have any steamy highlights in here. This wasn't like my favorite sex scene here. Mm -hmm. Same, but I did just like the whole lifting her up and fucking her against the wall. Just, mm, that's so good. Yeah. The one thing that I had highlighted afterwards, I was leaking both his juices and mine. It was the most erotic thing I'd ever felt. Oh God, I'd let him come inside me. And it's like, like me gripping the desk for dear life here. Like... <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and for those of you who are into that, <clears throat> <clears throat> he had a condom in his pocket the whole time, and he didn't even think to use did it. Did he? I didn't even care. He that. did. Oh, my God. I was so very deeply happy that she did not get pregnant in this book. <laughs> oh, oh my God. There was a part later on where my note was, she's not fucking pregnant, is she? Yeah. Yeah. During the, the grocery shopping scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. I'm like, if she's fucking pregnant, I'd be so upset. But no, she didn't end up pregnant. It's great. I was about to be like, did we pick yet another billionaire accidental pregnancy book? Can we stop? <laughs> <laughs> this keeps happening. I mean, this does say billionaire on it. So yeah, you're already, already risking it. We know what we're about. Yeah. That's another thing I was thinking reading this book. I'm like, wow, we've <laughs> read a lot of billionaire romances. 
Yeah, a couple of them were unintentional. That is true, like a fucking, um, if I break. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know that was going to be a billionaire one. <laughs> nope. Or a pregnancy one. <laughs> we were there solely for the multiple personalities, as I usually am. <laughs> Nicole, there is so much, like, come play in this book. Mm-hmm. And I was so, so happy about that. Oh, like, I don't think we've ever had, I keep saying this, but we've never had anything so explicit with this before. Nope. This is straight up AO3 porny goodness. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> We're going to have to read some more Georgia Lacar. Yeah. Add her to the list. <laughs> Seriously. But it got like super awkward after that, where I guess she like firmly believes now that this is just a sexual relationship. And so she went to address herself and she noticed that he seemed kind of upset and she realized that it was because he wanted to help her like clean up and get dressed and all that stuff and she didn't let him. And then he says, you'll still have to learn to shoot and then just leaves. Yeah. So it's just, it, it was a very awkward ending to this sexual encounter. So much so that she's like, I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> She packs her things. This did annoy me a little bit. It happened a, a couple of times where she's like, I need to go. And then like is about yeah. to go. And it's like, no, you're not. And, yes, I am. No, I'm not. And I'm like, all right. Like, I get it. You could have got this. Yeah. He says she can't leave and he's going on a trip for a couple of days. You need to watch Yulia. Yeah. So it was actually Alex who told her. So Yuri oh, didn't yeah, yeah. even speak to her after that whole thing. I have a note here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So a chapter opens with, uh, what the fuck? I was so fucking furious. And I highlighted it and wrote, dude, stop cursing. It's cringe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, this uh, intro to this chapter is so much meaniness. I couldn't fuck it all up because my dick wanted pussy. Well, fuck her. I didn't need her. What did she think? She was the only woman with a pussy between her legs. Whenever he says pussy, I'm like, ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Also, can we say April Winter's... April Winters is a fan fiction name. Oh, yeah. April Winters? Yeah. Our friend Brennan, a uh, big fan, friend of the channel, big fan of the show, <laughs> he kind of does his own rankings when he listens to the episode. Oh, my God. He ranks the characters on the Blorbometer. Are you familiar with Blorbo from my shows? Blorbo? Yeah. So it's this Tumblr term that has picked up in the last six months to a year. I've heard it, but I don't actually know what it is. So somebody made this post that was like, I love it when people like reblog one of my posts and they tag it as like, oh, this is totally Blorbo from my shows. And people just kind of picked up that term as like, oh, this is like my special interest character from thing I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like this is my Blorbo. (laughs) So April Winters is a very Blorbo from my shows name. (laughs) Ranking high on the Blorbometer. Yeah, April Winters. Spring, summer. (laughs) So yeah, so right after, you know, he says all that pussy talk, I could replace her in a heartbeat, and I would. When this shit was over, I would go out there and fuck 20 redheads until I got her out of my system. (laughs) And this part I highlighted, because I was like, what? A woman was for fucking, pure and simple. Anything more, and they got you by the balls. I think they got you by the balls regardless. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing it right. She does a lot of ball play. She does. Yeah. She loves the balls. Loves the balls. Balls need love. Not mine. I had those removed. <laughs> <laughs> so April dyes Yulia's hair because she was like, all right, you can do an activity of your choosing after your lessons. And her immediate request was to have her hair dyed the color to match mine. 
April's like, okay, I'm not going to see this girl after the next two days. We might as well do this, but I don't want to like bleach her hair and ruin it because her hair is very pretty. So she asked Zelda to get her, quote, some American red Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to spell it for her. <laughs> but in less than an hour, she had located a supplier and got me the four packets I'd requested. So she dyes her hair red with Kool-Aid. Apparently it comes out very red. Yeah. Which I kind of imagined Yulia having dark hair. So now I'm like, can I do that? Yeah, I thought, well, because I mean, she drew a picture of her holding the hands of two adults, which were her parents. And it says curly brown hair. Yeah. I don't think that would work. <laughs> but, you know. You and I... Gotta, oh, bring it, bring it to Lake House. <laughs> Kool-Aid dye our hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show up to work on Wednesday and it's still going to be bright red. I'm going to be fucking embarrassed. We, we can wash it out <laughs> in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Nothing I love more having in my hair than lake water and Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> we turned the lake into a very, very diluted Kool-Aid. <laughs> For the fish. <laughs> We're not even halfway through the book. Oh my god. But this book only goes up to like 80%, I think. 80 or 90%. We're like 40% of the way through. We're roughly halfway. Okay. I mean, there's also a lot of sex scenes that we can skip. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that really happens in this chapter, besides the hair dyeing, Yulia showing April a photo of her parents and then her writing down, Mama and Papa were murdered. Yeah. Which, listen, I don't have the best childhood memory recall, but did you understand murder as a child? I don't think so. I don't think so either. One thing I remember about, like, a child-death interaction that I, that I had is I cried a lot when I found out that Superman's parents were dead. You did? I did. That's so I cute. Did. I don't think I've ever told anyone that. I love that. <laughs> that's just so, that's so wholesome. <laughs> I was a very sensitive child. I still am. I don't know. I was a fucking weird kid where I loved all this like macabre shit. Mm -hmm. Like I'm pretty sure I've told you this. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but like as a child, I fucking caught glimpses of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Oh. And when the head of my Barbie doll fell off or I ripped it off, I was like, fuck yeah, she's the headless horse. <laughs> <laughs> and I so went fun. to a Catholic school and I would uh, I did Bloody Mary in the bathroom of the church. <laughs> I was too much of a wimp for that. I, I heard about Freddy Krueger and and couldn't sleep for months. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> my sister was like super afraid of Chucky. And then my brother was like a big scaredy cat. And I asked my parents, I'm like, did I ever? And they're like, no. <laughs> you fucking weird ass child. <laughs> Loves spooky shit. <laughs> uh Anyway, okay, so April tells Yuri that Yulia did show her a photo of her mom and dad and then cried herself to sleep, which is so fucking sad. Yeah. Oh, no, no, she told Charlotte that, not Yuri, excuse me. Mm -hmm. She's telling Charlotte that she needs to leave. And Charlotte's like, why? He was a good lay. And it's because he's dangerous. She says, I was at his company yesterday and there were guns everywhere. I think I even saw a dead body too. And then Charlotte's like, and? Her reaction shocked me. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, you saw a dead body. What does that have to do with you? Your only business is with his niece. Are you that scared you'll fall for him? And my note here was, she is way too chill, the fuck? Yeah, Charlotte's just like, on oh, NBD. Yeah, where it's like, you're one of my best friends. And if you told me, <laughs> hey, Nicole, I think I saw my <laughs> boss with a dead body in the back of the building. I'd be like, 
Claudia, it's not a big deal. It's none of your business. <laughs> no, I'd be like, bitch, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yuri comes home early, I believe, from this trip. And he comes home and he immediately asks Brain how Yulia is. And Brain's like, uh, because April took Yulia to her house for some reason. It was just to get out of the house. And, you know, <laughs> Charlotte says also to get Yulia out of the house because Yulia's trapped in there all the time. Yeah. When Brain tells Yuri this, Yuri fucking decks him, which Brain is a huge guy too from yeah. description. And that's, it's kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. So Yuri flies into a rage and goes to April's house, like barges in. April has just finished giving Yulia a bath and Yulia is laughing and like having fun. And that immediately changes when Yuri shows up. He looks at her hair and he's like, what the fuck did you do to her hair? And she's like, it's not hair dye, it's fine. He takes her back home and he fires his entire staff. All 16 people, because of his whole mindset here is every single person's job is to protect Yulia and they just let her go without any security, without really knowing where she was going to be, without like canvassing wherever they were going to be visiting. And so he's like, fuck all y'all. Y'all are all fired, except for like one person. Yeah, except for I think the gardener who is apparently like a father to, <laughs> to Yuri. Yeah. We never get to know anything about this gardener, but I think that's a very fun and sweet detail. Yeah. So Zelda is the one who's telling April what's going on. And this part, like, confused me a little bit, where the only person who could probably change his mind is, is Alex, his, you know, best friend and number two. April asks Zelda, do you have his number? Zelda says, of course, but I'm still bound by my NDA. I am not allowed to give it out under any circumstances. And then like just two paragraphs later, it says, seconds later, I received the text message containing the number. I'm like, didn't you just say you signed an NDA? <laughs> I guess maybe Zelda's like, my job is fucked regardless. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's not it. I mean, in terms of the NDA, she could be like fine and shit. I mean, considering Yuri's business here, I'd be yeah. concerned about getting at least a quarter mil fine. Okay, that's completely fair. Yeah. <laughs> so she calls Alex. She says, like, Yuri fired everyone. Can you help me, like, speak to him? And he's like, why are you contacting me? I'm not the one who fired them. She says, staff told me that you're the only one that Yuri listens to. And he says, Yuri listens to everyone. And then he basically hangs up. <laughs> April doesn't know what he really means by that. And later on in the book, Yuri says he doesn't know what he means by that. What I think he means by that is that Yuri isn't a heartless monster who, like, only has, like, a set couple of people who keep him sane. Like, he is a good person who can be reasoned with. Mm -hmm. He is somebody who, like, pays attention and values the people around him. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he was trying to say. I think so, too, because we do see this come up again, but we never actually figure out what that means. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think that's the closest we're going to get to its true meaning. And I mean, what I said is true. Yeah. He clearly does like the people around him, mm -hmm. even when they piss him off. He is willing to listen to reason. I like that he's not completely fucking insane. 
Though, I mean, this is a little kind of bonkers where he fires his whole staff, right? And then he tells April that he will unfire them if she comes back. So I'm like, that's a lot of pressure on somebody. Oh, yeah. Like the weight of 16 people's jobs is on you now. I'm like, bruh, really? Completely fucked up, but I kind of love it. <laughs> but yeah, so she ends up coming back because she wouldn't be able to live with the guilt. I mean, yeah. Also, Shirley describes Yuri as holy moly macaroni hot. <laughs> <laughs> also, some xenophobia here. These bloody Russians, they are so freaking cold and unfeeling. They speak as if words cost money. It's like, that's kind of mean. There are a lot of weird bits in here, which is like, oh, these Russians, and then like a generalization. It's like, you know, not all of them are like harmful or anything. It's like, oh, they love expensive shit or something. And it's just like, yeah. do they though? It's like, all right, since we're here, yeah. these freaking Brits with their beans on toast. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Always acting like they're so much better than everyone else. Colonizing the entire world. Bastards. I know, they're all like, oh, we're doing it for spices. Y'all don't even season your food, the fuck? Exactly. Once the poor had access to spices, you're like, oh, I don't want, I don't want it anymore. Yeah. Oh, I don't want it anymore. How about we go and get some more spices on Tuesday? Tuesday. <laughs> Trumpets. April, of course, says, yeah, she'll come back because, yeah, what else would you do in that position? And so she's in the kitchen and she gets a call from Yuri and he's like, yo, come up to my room. Mm -hmm. And it puts her in a very awkward position because she is surrounded by her co-workers. <laughs> and so, like, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, how are you supposed to cover for that? And so she's like, oh, uh, he wants me to bring him some tea. And they're like, he only drinks coffee. <laughs> and she's like, oh, uh, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes and she can't find a way to get up there. And so I have a note here. There's an elevator on the ground floor down the hallway from my office, he said. It's the only access to my floor. Type in the code 3372 and it will lead you straight up. My note here is no fire marshal ever would approve that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she goes up and they get to fucking. Mm -hmm. Okay, what do you think of this sex scene? I don't want to go like super into it because we still have like half the book to get through. Okay, this one has some great parts in it, to be honest. This is where she goes down on him. I'm like skipping through it now. I'm like, oh wait, this is a good yeah, one. Yeah, we gotta we gotta talk about this. First of all, I read this and I, I did a double take for a second because I was like, is this book about to go there? I think it's the same part I have highlighted, so I'm very excited to see. I felt him shudder just for a moment at the contact of uh, her breasts on his warm flesh, but he didn't turn around. He allowed me the chance to explore and soon my mouth was on his ass. I was like, oh, are we, are we getting some girl on guy rimming? No. That's what I thought. Especially because, okay, I, I want to talk about that specific paragraph a little bit. Mm. I didn't know if it would be too much, but at that moment, I didn't care. I went down on my knees, edged my head between his legs, and covered his balls with my mouth. Never once did it say that she went from the back to his front. So my note here was like, oh, she's, she eat it from the back. <laughs> You know, I was like, yo, she's like really in there, like underneath, like she in is. his that's, balls. That's, how it, that's the position that she's in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the position because she goes under his legs. Yeah, and then it, it, later on it says, I turned myself around. Yeah. Damn, girl. Kind of hot. She really all up in there. They're very generous lovers. Yeah, I love their chemistry, to be honest. Yes, sexual chemistry, because I don't think they, well, we'll talk about we'll it later. Talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> also, the two sacks were heavy with lust. <laughs> and she starts sucking him off and he says, 
First of all, I sucked hard and deep, taking what I could of him into my mouth and down into my throat. Suck me off, he urged. We have a long night ahead of us. I did as I was instructed, my heart brimming with excitement at the promise. I laughed up his pre and felt utterly amazed at how much I relished the taste of him. With the other few guys I had had in my lifetime, I had never bothered going this far. But with Yuri, I couldn't get enough of all that was him. To my body, this man walked on water. My mouth worshipped him. I let him do what I had never let another man do. I let him hold my head and fuck my mouth. Um, I'm not into that, but also the way it's described and the way it's like talked about is makes it good. And the way she's so like receptive to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I've read a lot of mouth fucking scenes where it's like very aggressive. Yeah. But no, she's like, yes, like, this is what I want. Exactly. Go for it. Do your thing. And then my my favorite part, <laughs> just transparently putting this out there. <laughs> when he was almost about to climax, he pulled out of me and asked me to open my mouth. He fisted his cock and pumped it hard until he began to spurt. He growled with pleasure as he watched the hot spurts of cum fill my mouth. I didn't swallow immediately. I swirled it around in my mouth, and only when he told me to swallow did I obey. Which, ooh, girl, um, you're strong for that. Swirling it in your mouth mm-hmm. before swallowing? Yeah, I couldn't do it. It's very good, though. Oh, so good. We have not had a book where this has been described in such detail. Mm-hmm. I know I keep saying this. I know I keep harping on it. But, like, it made me so happy. <laughs> Dear listeners, this, this is porn. Yeah, this is porn. If you want to read porn, read this. Yeah. Also, I have a Mimi bit. Oh. Typically, in these sex scenes that we've read by other people, when they say like, oh, somebody groaned or somebody like keened or something like that, they just say that. But for this sex scene, they like wrote out a vocalization of it for some reason. So allow me a dramatic reading. Oh. <laughs> My back arched off the bed as he buried his face into my soaked cunt and took my clit in his mouth. I cried out helplessly, (laughs) fisting the sheets. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right after that, though, we get some really good description of him going down on her. Mm -hmm. And the part that I loved, really, was the way she kept repeating his name. Yes. Like, oh, that's so good. She's just like crying out like, Yuri, Yuri, Yuri. As he's just fucking, mm, he's like going down on her. He's like put a couple of fingers up in there. And like overstimulating her too. Oh, he's giving her the business. And then we get, I, I have a dream highlight here. Oh. I wanted to hold him close to me and never let go. In that moment when my brain had lost most of its function, that was exactly what I did. I pulled Yuri up and held him tightly to my breast, my arms around him in a desperate embrace. He felt like home, something I'd only ever gotten glimpses of. I wanted to kiss every inch of his body to treasure him as mine. And no one else's... Uh, sorry, I'm thinking about... <laughs> thinking about that vocalization again. <laughs> <laughs> it was written out as U-N-H-H. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, I wanted to kiss every inch of his body to treasure. (laughs) 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 So fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> to treasure him as mine and no one else's, even if it was just for this moment. He actually like reciprocates. He actually like cuddles her close and like flips them over. So she's laying on his chest for like a minute or two before they start fucking properly. It was just like so very nice and intimate. I could really feel that. It felt good to me. See, I enjoyed that part. I, again, I did enjoy the intimacy and everything, but it just wasn't believable. I don't think they have chemistry, except like sexually. Clearly, they have mm-hmm. really good sexual chemistry, which is why it felt like kind of out of place to me. Mm-hmm. You know, on its own, like as like an isolated couple of paragraphs, I loved it. I love, I love this. Mm-hmm. But my note here is like, the fuck? He felt like home. Like, you don't know this man. You yeah. fucked him. So it, it just, it wasn't believable. And it, and okay, we'll get into this at the end, though. Mm-hmm. We keep saying that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay, so Yuri wakes up alone. We're in his point of view now. And I highlighted this because it, I don't know why it made me laugh. I headed over to the bathroom. Even the thought of her had my dick rising. I forewent the piss and just got <laughs> yeah, into the shower. I, I, I liked <laughs> <laughs> I forewent the piss. So much about those four words. Forewent. <laughs> and then the piss. The piss. <laughs> Not like I forewent a piss. Not like I didn't piss. I forewent the piss. <laughs> the piss. The piss to end all other piss. <laughs> <laughs> Princess Bride narrator voice. There are five pisses, right? It's so so pure, so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) This one blew them all out of the water. (laughs) Uh, I was thinking Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) One piss to rule them all. And in the darkness bind them. Oh, fuck. Anyway, but, um, yeah, so he, he fucking just, ooh, jerks one to the thought of her in the shower. And then he thinks about what Alex said, because, you know, at this point, Yuri feels like he's getting in too deep, you know, mm-hmm. with this whole April situation. He says, yeah, I'd been fucking around all my life, and now I was in danger of losing more than an eye. My note here was, he's been fucking around, now it's time to find out. Yeah. And then I enjoyed this part, too, where he was upset that April didn't spend the night with him. And Mm -hmm. so he like seeks her out and he goes to her bedroom and like cuddles up behind her and it's like kind of cute for a minute and then it gets horny. Yeah. Also, welcome back to Claudia's conjecture corner. (laughs) Because earlier in the book, I didn't didn't see this one, but I did highlight it, where uh, April says that sometimes he seems like a completely different person. And here, maybe she just prefers sleeping alone, a voice in my head said. It's like, "Mm mm-hmm. (laughs) you with the early childhood trauma you uh you little plural over there you little plural plural energy have you heard the meme song it's like by wife energy big plural energy (laughs) (laughs) okay so we get to a sex scene right and he wants her to go slow so it's you know very intimate and it's it's very good but I, i was taken out of it by this line she writhed and ground against me slowly, her wet, greedy cunt buttering my cock with her cream. <laughs> I'm glad we both agree on literally every highlight that we have. It's so good. <laughs> Same brain cell. <laughs> uh, oh my god. And then towards the end of the sex scene, he says, come April, let yourself come. Oh, 
It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, that doesn't. <laughs> That's the good shit. Like, yes, give her permission to give order her around to do that. Like, oh, it's so yeah. good. I love that shit. I've used that in my fix before. Mm. Oof. That's the good shit. As she does, she bites down on his shoulder and he says, this is, this is a meme highlight, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, or fortunately, I'm not sure which. The violence was perfect. It set me off. As I exploded inside her, the image of her tears in my mind brought such awe that I had to grip my hair. What is that? I'm trying to, like, picture it. Like, like, ah. Like, this during an orgasm is such a funny image to me. Well, she was on top. So maybe he had his arms behind his head. Maybe. And then he just, like, grips it from behind. No, he was he was on top of her at this point. Oh, damn. He flipped them over. Oh, so he's like, he's like, oh, like, it's like, this. It's like, it looks like he's having a crisis. Like, oh, God, it's like huge Patrick Bateman energy <laughs> right after that. Oh, yeah. For some weird reason, I thought of my father, his dark hands around the slender stem of my mother's neck. And I was like, while you're coming out of your dad <laughs> choking your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Freud would have a field day. Oh, God. And how she begged him, told him she needed him. I was eight years old and I learned an important lesson that night. Don't trust anyone ever, especially if they tell you they need you. And it's like, good. I think this could have been put somewhere else, but good, good moment. Yeah. Oh, so the next day or whatever, she and Yulia go to visit... Yuri is in his like big fancy office building mm-hmm. and we get to the scene that I really like. But before then, uh, I have an, a, a Mimi here. We were seen immediately across the expansive, seemingly endless lobby made of marble. A man wearing a pink tie, he could have been gay or just effeminate, ran up to us and introduced himself as one of Mr. Volkov's assistants. So one, another assistant. Two, pink ties. This doesn't mean shit. Fellas, is it gay to wear a pink tie? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Also, earlier, I have a very cute highlight. Yulia had picked out her outfit of a lace embellished denim dress. She'd complimented her outfit with a pair of brown boots and allowed me to curl her hair into soft waves. She looked heart-meltingly lovely. You look gorgeous, I said. She went to the trouble of taking her notebook out and wrote, Thank you, April. Smiley face. You do too. It was a smiley face that got me. Yeah, the smiley face is what did it for me too. Yeah. The second you said a cute moment, I'm like, oh, I already know what it is. Yeah. It was very good. But yeah, so the, uh, I guess, gay man takes him up to to see. <laughs> oh, I love the gay representation in this book. With a pink um, so he takes him over to the elevator and he's like, you're going up to this floor and Taylor will meet you up there. And April's like, I really wanted to ask if Taylor was a man or a woman. And I was desperately hoping Taylor was a man because the idea of like Yuri spending all day with with a pretty woman like actually made me kind of jealous. I'm not a fan of jealousy, especially the like you were working in proximity to a person of the gender you were attracted to. Yeah. But I thought it was an interesting character moment that now she feels some sort of like possession over him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why it's there. Yeah. But I agree with you on the whole jealousy thing. I know it's supposed to establish the fact that, oh, like, you know, she's she's possessive of him. There's, you know, a relationship there or a bond there. 
but it just comes across as just a gross character train. Yeah. Taylor is a man for the record, just so we're all clear. Yeah. So don't get it twisted, listeners. Yeah. Pervs. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason they're there, I don't know if we covered that. Oh, okay. no, we didn't. So the reason they're there is is for Yulia to meet her new psychiatrist. And Yulia seems completely terrified on the entire elevator ride up, just like already about to like burst into tears. First of all, April is apparently completely underdressed. Everyone else is in like suits and stuff and she's wearing like a t-shirt and jeans and like a messy bun, which honestly, queen. (laughs) But she decides she wants to like wait in the lobby while Yulia goes to see her new uh, psychologist. And Yuri is in his office and he tells his assistant Taylor to go and get her. I want her to, to wait here with me. And Alex is in the office at the time. He stands up. He starts to walk away and he says, who exactly fucked who? Quote, in my current mood, I reacted badly. I flung the first thing my hand connected with at him. It was a heavy pen holder, but just as I had expected, he swerved without breaking a sweat. It went straight for Taylor. Missing his right eye by a mere inch, it slammed into his forehead and took the poor kid down. I shot up in alarm. Shit. Are you okay? (laughs) With one hand, Alex pulled him up. In spite of the blood dripping from his busted head, Taylor forced a painful smile onto his face. I'm fine, sir, he said as he limped away. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. How hard did he throw that holder? I mean, Alex is a big guy. I think he wanted to, to hurt him a little bit. Like a fucking like MLB pitcher. Yeah. Yeeting it. <laughs> I also like that Alex is like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Alex shot me a cold look with a despairing shake of his sarcastic head. He exited my office. I appreciate that. They're not people who like abuse the people who work for them, it seems. Yeah. I was thinking, I'm like, is Taylor being really cool about it because it's his boss and, you know, doesn't want to get fired mm-hmm. and all that stuff? Or is it because he like genuinely enjoys working for him? And I was leaning towards the latter. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, he's like a cool boss who was clearly like fucking around with his friend and it was very clearly an accident. Yeah. Taylor does come back, you know, with like a bandage over his cut and stuff <laughs> and he's like carrying a tray of beverages and shit. <laughs> Poor fucking guy. The only thing that makes me lean into like, he's just trying to like put on a brave face because this is his job is that he comes back and he's like, April said that she doesn't want to wait in the office with you. She wants to wait in the waiting lounge. And he like yells at him and he's like, fucking bring her here. And the second time he comes back with April, he just kind of like shoves her through the door and doesn't come in himself and immediately closes it. And April describes it as like knowing better than to come in a second time. <laughs> that kind of can go either way. But I don't know. None of the staff seem to ever indicate that like he treats them badly. Yeah. I don't know. Taylor brings April to the office and shuts the door and immediately Yuri like pins her against the door. She was breathing heavily, and for a moment I was sure that her eyes mocked my lack of self-control at her presence. You're very violent, Yuri, she grated. Harassing me seems to come as second nature to you. And you're very flippant, April, I shot back. Disrespecting me seems to come very easy to you. I was close to her now, her scent swirling around me like an aphrodisiac, intoxicating me. Her gaze bored into mine as her chest rose and fell quickly. It was clear neither of us wanted to back down. And this is what I like about this this relationship where it's like, it's not domineering, it's play. Yeah. And she shoots back too. I like it. I do like this line here before they get into sexy stuff. Mm. I'm not sane unless I'm fucking mating with her. <laughs> Whew. 
Yeah, the word mating there. Oh, it's the fucking mating. Ah, uh, it's it's always the breeding kink for us. God damn it. No, I, I, I swore off the breeding kink. Yeah, I know. I know you did. Kink be gone. But I don't have reproductive organs anymore, so. You can have the breeding kink. <laughs> I do love this part because, like, just, you know, piggybacking off of what you said. Mm-hmm. Wear fucking dresses more often, I spat, because he's having, you know, he it's it's more convenient to just like lift up a dress and unbutton jeans and shit. Mm-hmm. She gripped my shirt in fury, forcing me to stop and look at her. Stop telling me what to fucking do. I'm your damn boss, I reminded. Not in this damn moment, she declared. We'll see about that, was my response. Yeah. And then Alex comes in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Yulia's psychologist is coming up. Keep your voices down. And he walks over to his desk where he forgot his phone, just picks it up and leaves, which like king shit. <laughs> and it says here, like, Alex never does anything by accident. So he very <laughs> clearly did that, mm-hmm. I guess, to have a reason to warn them or he's a voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. We don't know much about Alex. Poor K no lows dose. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is something I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of this chapter, a couple paragraphs before mm-hmm. the end, here he says, we have five mins. Does that say it in your copy too? Oh, yeah. I thought that was weird. I didn't even process it. I think my brain automatically like filled in the abbreviation and didn't even process that it was abbreviated. Yeah. It might be a typo, to be honest, or like an oversight. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, is this like an oversight or is this a, a Britishism that I'm not aware of? Like cheese and chalk or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Cheese and chalk and beans on toast and colonizing the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also have a highlight that's both steamy and dreamy for me. Oh. My cock sprung out, and the moment she saw it, her pupils dilated. She reached for it, and for a few moments, I let her stroke it adoringly. How are you so fucking big, she asked. My eyes widened slightly. It was the first time I had heard her talk dirty to me, and I sure as hell liked it. How are you so fucking sweet, I muttered. And I like that. I think that's cute. He's taken aback by it, and he likes the compliment, and I don't know. Oh, my brain didn't register it that way the first time. I was like, oh, he's talking about when he eats her out. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I think it's 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 what you said. <laughs> I'm just, my mind's just in the gutter. <laughs> no saving me. Yeah. Just call me Pennywise because I'm, I'm deep in there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> like he's in the gutter. He's in the oh, sewer. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, uh, does Pennywise... He's also book. a fucking pervert. <laughs> he, he is that that giant uh, space spider. Oh, <laughs> so April, quick mention, goes into our list of romance protagonists with a weird craft that they do, right up next to Nick, uh, whatever his face, Nick the cop, and Nick Dalton. Gisella, yeah, Nick Dalton, Rosalie, and Gisella. April Winters does leatherworking. It's a hobby of hers. And he asks, why leatherworking? And she doesn't actually answer. She says, well, creating beautiful things makes me happy. I didn't, I hesitated, then I just laid out. I didn't grow up with much, so perhaps that's why I appreciate more than most beautiful things and places, like your home, for instance. It's incredibly beautiful. That's not an answer. Yeah. Why leather? Why leather? Did you have access to a lot of roadkill, perhaps? Is that the answer you're not (laughs) trying to, you're trying not to say? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Oh, they go to the grocery store and Charlotte's having financial trouble. Nothing important happens. April is like, I'm really afraid of spending more time with him. And I 
feel like I need to go because I feel like if I spend any more time with him, I'm going to fall too far in love with him and I won't be able to leave. And I do get that. I like it because like she's a foster child. Like she's afraid of like not having that control over her relationships and her situation, especially with somebody so new. I like that. April gets a call that Yuri's inviting her to an event and she needs to get home and get ready by seven o'clock and there are dresses for her to choose from. Mm -hmm. Four exquisite dresses were laid out on my bed for me, but I only have three beautiful pictures in my hands. (laughs) (laughs) I turned to see Zelda walk in with Sandra. Sandra. (laughs) (laughs) They laid four pairs of shoes at the foot of the bed before straightening up to meet my bewildered gaze. I felt strangely guilty and ashamed. The look on Sandra's face, for instance, was toxic. She'd been my friend and now she glared at me as if I were her enemy. Zelda is being nice. Then Sandra chirped in, her tongue ready to do damage. I think it now makes sense why he fired the entire house when you left, then rehired everyone when you returned. It had nothing to do with Yulia, did it? And then Zelda ignores her, and so does April. And then Sandra snorted in disgust. Snake, she mired under her breath and made her way out of the room. I would fucking throw hands at that moment. Yeah. You do not fucking talk to me that way. Part of me understands why she's upset because she did get fired for something that was like super out of her control. and was mostly just like a tool to bring April back. Mm -hmm. But also that's real bitchy. You don't say that in front of the person. No, that's real bitchy. Especially because like, let's, let's be real. If April wasn't fucking your boss and like a different nanny had like taken her out to a place for the day without asking, you would have been fired with no recourse. That's true. I think you should feel grateful that <laughs> that she was able to convince him to not fire you because this seems like kind of a cushy gig. But also, would another nanny even take her out in the first place? Because that was just true. an instance of her being defiant, which is their whole thing. True. So many layers. <laughs> We have to go deeper. (laughs) Listeners, for the next 45 minutes, we will be really going in depth. Yeah, no, you don't say that in front of the person. Real bitch moves. Yeah, fuck Sandra. Fuck Sandra. (laughs) Sandra would be going out the fucking window, to be honest. I would defenestrate her. (laughs) What would I do? I'm trying to think, like, realistically, how, how would I react? I just, I would just probably ignore her, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I would Like, behind her back, be like, wow, that was real cunty of her, but whatever. Yeah, in the universe where... I am much tougher than I actually am. <laughs> I would absolutely, I, she would be getting a punch. Just like, and then. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, Sandra leaves and Zelda says she's just jealous. Whatever. Well, like, and yeah. Yeah. Very obviously jealous. <laughs> oh, and then she says, there's nothing to be jealous about. And Zelda's like, uh-huh. not believing a word of it she doesn't want to go to this event Mm -hmm. but yuri said that yulia will be attending so he needs april around to take care of her but the truth is yulia will not be going to the event and yuri he he had this whole like little little secret plan here to reunite april with her mother yeah her her birth mother her birth mother, yes, who he confirmed was going to be at the event. And my note here is, what? Yeah, exactly. That man ain't right, I tell you what. <laughs> I had like mixed feelings about this because I understand that he was trying to do something nice, but I also feel like that isn't something that you should just spring on a person. Yeah. It shouldn't be a surprise. 
And this is honestly like, I know that later April's like, I'm glad that it happened, but it's kind of genuinely a bit traumatic for her. Yeah. You don't send somebody into that situation unprepared and without their yeah, consent. Exactly. Because like she never says anything about like not wanting yeah. to see your mom again. I don't think she ever thought it was really an option. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like you don't send somebody it's like the whole thing i mentioned in a different episode where it's like oh honey i bought you a new car where Mm. i understand you're trying to do something nice but you don't just fucking do that yeah exactly that there needs to be a discussion here and that's this is definitely one of those things but whatever yeah so she goes to this event and she recognizes her mother and her mother is with this younger woman who she assumes like might be her sister Mm -hmm. the chick who might be her sister goes to talk to yuri and it makes April super uncomfortable because we have this gorgeous woman who's clearly supposed to be there. Like she fits in. She gives off this aura of fitting in and April is not doing that. She has a dress on and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And then she encounters her mother in the restroom and her mom doesn't even recognize her. Yeah. And is just real cunty where she's like, oh, honey, I know you don't belong here. Like you're not even wearing jewelry or some shit. My daughter wants or does she say daughter where she's like the the girl the woman i'm with wants to sit next to yuri she never confirms that that's her daughter yeah but yuri knows it's her daughter yeah yeah and at no point does april let her mother know that that's her right yeah it's yuri who does that yeah after this confrontation in the bathroom she calls charlotte crying and charlotte is working next door to this hotel that this event is being held in and charlotte like rushes over and gives her like this like prized pair of earrings that she has to make her look like a little more put together and more classy. So Charlotte says, you said you had no jewelry. Now you do. Yeah, they're cheap and they can't be compared to the overpriced dress or shoes you're wearing, but nobody will really know they're not real. Oh, Charlotte, I can't wear them. I'd be too afraid of losing them. Your dad bought these for you before he passed away. They are priceless to me, but so are you. Yeah. Like, oh, Good friend Charlotte. I just, I have that whole like kind of sectioned off in my note. It's just good friend Charlotte. That's, that's family, man. Oh, for, for sure. I mean, that is her family because yeah. her mom is a fucking bitch. Yeah. Who called her out for being a social climber when that's exactly what her mother did. We learned that her mother gave her up because her, she wasn't in the greatest situation. But mm-hmm. then her situation drastically improved. And even then she never even thought to look for April. Yeah. Fucked. April goes back out to the party, and she sits down next to Yuri. They watch what's going on for a while, and then the woman who is April's probable sister comes up to her, and she whispers in her ear, like, My mother said she already spoke to you in the bathroom and that you understood. I would like to sit beside Yuri. And it's like, what a fucking bitch. Like, they do a great job of making me hate this woman. (laughs) Oh, in like a couple of pages. Yeah. Very good job. I don't like the fucking mom. I don't like the fucking sister. They can both get fucked. Exactly. Also, real quick before we get to the next chapter, this is incorrect. It says it's in April's point of view, but it's in Yuri's point of view. Do you have that in your copy too? 36? Yeah. No, it says Yuri. Oh, in mine it says April. Really? Wow. They goofed it. And I was like, uh, Yuri, actually. (laughs) You done fucked up. I done fucked up. This book was never meant to be printed. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) They changed that specifically to fuck with everyone who read the printed version. This is an abomination. (laughs) (laughs) April actually, like, gets up and walks away. She just leaves. 
and Yuri is holding a, a champagne glass and he like gets so angry he like shatters it in his hand. Yeah. And April's sister asks if she's okay and her mother appears suddenly and Yuri says to her, you have two daughters, madam. It is a shame you do not choose to recognize that. But if you do not get out of my way in five seconds, I will make sure the banks that hold all your debts recall their loans. You will lose everything. King shit. To be honest. Dreamy. So dreamy. I love that. I'm like, yes, babe, wield that power. Yes. You know, defend your girl to her super fucking bitchy mom and, and sister. But the thing is, he never even like tells her that. He doesn't. Like he never says that, that she said this to her. I kind of admire that more. Yeah. Like he didn't do it for like praise from her. He did it because he's like, actually, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. You're not good enough for my girl. So he goes after her. They go back home and she starts packing her shit. And he's like, what are you doing? And she says, I want to leave. Why do you want to leave? I thought it would have been obvious. And he says, answer me. And she asks, what do you want from me? Let me rephrase my question. Why don't you want anything from me? And she says, what can you give me besides a broken heart? I thought so. What do you want to hear, Yuri? Or what do you want to see? You want to see me crazy in love with you? Worshipping the very ground you walk on or crazed with jealousy? Like tonight when that bitch fearlessly came to ask for the seat beside you? And then he says, and you got up, I reminded her bitterly, so easily. I'm sorry, I keep coming back to this scene. The balls on that woman. Oh, she's horrible. To be like, oh, she'll move for me. Like, oh, wow. Bow, bow, bow. That's me punching the shit out of her. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and I have a dreamy. I have a dreamy oh. here in this confrontation. Yes. Um, Victor Victor says, uh, fuck. Yuri says. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. And when it comes to falling asleep in my arms, can't do that, can you? Is that because it matters? Because several times she's like snuck out of bed after they've fallen asleep together. She took a step back. What if I fall in love with you? I glared at her. I want you to be in love with me. She looked stunned. What? Yes, I want you to fall in love with me. I love that confirmation. I love the vulnerability. It's so good. Wait, and then she says, for what? So your ego can feel good about another conquest? No, because I want to take care of you. I don't need you to take care of me. I need you by my side. Ugh, so good. Yeah, so good. But then they argue a bit more and then uh, Yuri kidnaps her, basically. Yeah, to like a chateau in France. So he says, okay, like, since I cannot convince you not to leave, I need you on for one more week. I'm going on this, like, vacation with Yulia to our, like, vacation home in France. I need you to, like, watch her while we're there. Like, I, I want you to, like, be a companion to her. You can't leave without, without saying goodbye to Yulia. Honestly, I'm going to be straight with you. I think we can skip most of this. Yes, but before they go... We meet Ivan, who is Yuri's uncle, yes. and it was surprising because April woke up to the sound of Yulia laughing, which, you know, Yulia <laughs> hasn't really laughed in the last, like, six months at least, you know? Mm -hmm. Six months to a year. And, she, you know, she didn't recognize this man. He introduces himself as Yuri's uncle who had been away in the U.S. handling some family business, and he hadn't been able to see Yulia for almost two months. And so it's very clear that he and Yulia have a very, very good relationship. She's very happy to see him and to have breakfast with him and is super comfortable around him. And Yuri comes in and sees Ivan and they go into his office together. 
April goes to bring coffee over and then sees Ivan stumble out with like a bloodied lip or something. Mm -hmm. Ivan was swaying unsteadily, his face pale, and his lip was busted. So obviously what happened is Yuri hurt Ivan. Mm -hmm. It's at this point that April thinks, this is one of the reasons we can't be together. Your world is terrifying. So later that night, they depart on their little France chateau adventure. Mm -hmm. They have sex on the plane. Apparently, Yuri has a bed on his plane. Yeah, they fuck on the plane. Yep. Nice. He dug into his dark briefs and fetched his cock, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Just the word fetched, like he had it stored in there and had to you know, bring it out. Yep. Oh, also, I'm sorry that we do need to note that there is a song. We haven't had one for a little bit. Oh, yes. And it's a fucking bop. It's Edith Plath's, uh, Piaf's, Edith Piaf's, uh, Non, Je ne regret rien. It's, it's the song from Inception. Yes. Which is, you know, they're on a plane and it's yeah. in French. <laughs> and it's a song about like not having regrets. No regrets. I regret nothing is the name of the song. Yeah. But yeah, they fuck on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. No regrets about that. It's a good sex scene, is all I'm going to say. It's good. Yeah. It's loud. <laughs> yeah. The, like, oh, we need to keep quiet is very good. Oh, yeah. That's always good. That always gets me. Always good. Oh, so this whole trip is essentially a fuckcation, a last hurrah to get each other out of their systems before she leaves and an opportunity for April to spend a bit more time with Yulia before she goes. Mm-hmm. So they do a lot of fucking. Yeah, you love to see it. Love to see it. I do have a dreamy part in here. So they're talking about his vineyard and he talks about, he says it's like super big or something. Fuck, I said. He came up chuckling. Were you making a request or expressing a comment about the size of my vineyard? Mm. You're beautiful when you laugh, I whispered. He laughed so hard that he got off me and collapsed on the bed beside me. I took the chance and sat astride him deliberate. Oh, that's, that's horny. I don't care yeah. about that <laughs> right now. What is so funny, I asked. I've never been called beautiful. So then what are you called? His hands came up and curled around my hips. The word I hear the most is bastard. I stopped. Is that literal? It is not. Then you must annoy people quite often. It's an occupational hazard. Yeah, I like them. I like it. I like their little back and forth. I like that she calls him beautiful. Men need to be called beautiful more often. They do. So I liked that. One notable thing here is that at this little like picnic that they have, it's it's uh, Yuri, Yulia, Alex, and uh, April. Ooh, two Ys, two A's. Oh. Huh. That might be why I'm getting so many names in this book confused. Honestly, you're valid. Yuri is like having April taste all these different wines and she's just, she's loving it. And she like opens her eyes from like, like sipping some wine, really enjoying it. And she looks at Yulia and Yulia just looks so betrayed yeah. and like hurt. And it's like, oh, baby. Oh, and then what, they get a phone call, is it? Yeah, Yuri is called off to some kind of business thing. April and Yulia spend the day together. April gets heat stroke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and Yulia is in a much better mood when it's just her and April, where she yeah. literally like lights up. Yeah, literally lights up. Literally. She's a light bulb. <laughs> oh, this is where he tells her that his dad killed his mother. Yeah, we get like a, a nice little backstory exchange here where April talks about her time in the foster system a little bit. And Yuri says, my father killed my mother in front of me. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because he thought she was cheating. I don't think it was ever confirmed whether or not she was. 
Yeah. Yuri says here that she was, but in his inner monologue, he says, my father thought she was cheating on him. Mm -hmm. So I think he maybe tells himself that it was a known thing to make himself feel a little better. Yeah. Ugh. Either way, shit's rough. It's a huge yikes. Oof, big oof. Add that to the list of sad backstories. Mm-hmm. Yuri went on ahead to take care of some business and said that he would see them back in London. Mm. April's on the phone with Charlotte and is really torn about what to do next because she wants to stay because, you know, she clearly loves him at this point. Mm. And also, he's just so good in bed. And she really does care about Yulia. But at the same time, she can't risk herself falling for this man. She knows that his world is dangerous. And, you know, she still has doubts as to whether or not he like truly wants her. So she's talking to Charlotte about that. And she decides that she needs to go. And so she tells Yulia this. She says, listen, honey, I've loved being your nanny so much. You don't know how much. You are such a beautiful, amazing girl, but I need to leave. Yulia takes out her little notepad and says, why? Is it Uncle Yuri? And so April says, no, 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 of course not. Your uncle has been very kind to me. I'll get you another nanny, someone much better than myself. You'll love her, I promise. And then Yulia like screams. She's inconsolable. Inconsolable. She would not stop crying. And then she cries out April's name. As April like tries to get up and leave, she's like, maybe she'll feel a little better without me. Yeah. Like without me in the room, like she'll calm down. Yeah, and she says, don't go, please. I'm scared. I sat on the bed and pulled her to me. Yulia, you can speak. I could always speak, she said. I have the tears from her face. What's going on? He killed my parents, she said, barely able to catch her breath as the tears came pouring down her face. What do you mean? Uncle killed them, she cried. I held my breath, almost too afraid to ask. Which uncle? Uncle Yuri, she replied. I gasped as my heart fell into my stomach. Dun dun. Did you see this coming? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I felt this was very telegraphed. Yes. But I also, we'll get into this in a bit. Yes, we're almost at the end here. Yeah, we, we actually are. We sped through. I mean, a lot of the back half of this book is fucking and vacation. Yeah. So this comes as a huge shock to April. And she asks Yulia if she could possibly be mistaken. Yulia says that she could prove it if she called her granduncle Ivan. So the guy that Yuri punched in the face earlier. Mm-hmm. So they call him, he comes over, and April says, is it true? He nods, and he says, it happened in Yulia's parents' home in Surrey. Yulia's father and Yuri got in an atrocious fight in his study. It was so severe that her mother came in with a gun and forced Yuri out of the room. The surveillance video showed that Yuri came back and shot the both of them dead. A video? That was how Yulia found out. One of my men is in Yuri's camp, so when he saw the video, he recorded it with his phone and sent it to me through the sleeve of one of Yulia's stuffed animals. We couldn't retrieve it in time before Yulia fiddled with the phone and saw it. When I came by to meet Yuri, I got her alone and found out what had happened. And so we learned that the reason that she stopped speaking is because she was so afraid that she would say something to blow up this investigation that they were conducting because they were trying to get as much evidence as possible to convict Yuri. Mm. And so Yulia, well, she like took a vow of silence yeah. so that she wouldn't say anything to mess things up or give away that she knew something. Both fucked up and amazing. I mean, yeah, super fucked up that a six-year-old girl had to go through that. But also so smart of her also where mm-hmm. she knew that there was like no other way for her to possibly like guarantee that she wouldn't say anything other than 
not saying anything at all. But this confuses April because she's like, you know, but he loves Yulia so much. Why would he care about her so much if he did this? And Ivan says it's because of guilt. Yeah. So then Yuri comes home while (gasps) Ivan is still there. And Ivan pulls out a gun. I think he pulls out two guns and he like hands one to April. Yeah, he he has like one gun on his person. And then I think he like goes somewhere else to grab another gun. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where the fuck he got the second gun from. You know, Russian mobsters. Mm -hmm. You know how they are. We all know know. Russian mobsters. (laughs) They speak as if words cost money and like expensive things and also have two guns on them at all times. (laughs) Yeah. Is what I've learned from this book. There's this big confrontation that I had a little bit of trouble parsing what was happening, to be honest. Yeah. I couldn't figure out where everyone was in the room and who was pointing guns at who at any given moment. Mm -hmm. Yuri comes into the room and Ivan pulls a gun on him. They get into an argument and April's like, you murdered Yulia's parents. And he's like, no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we get the double twist here. That the video, according to Yuri, is fake. And it was specifically sent in a way that Yulia would see it so that she would stop trusting Yuri and start trusting Ivan. Because Ivan actually murdered her parents. And they used quote-unquote Photoshop, but I don't think that's really what they mean. Adobe Premiere Pro was too long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The video is edited, essentially, and they knew that they could easily deceive a child with it. Mm -hmm. And so April, who was originally pointing a gun at Yuri, turns the gun on Ivan instead. There's this whole confrontation of, like, take Yulia out of here. And then she's like, no. And then a lot of fluff in this confrontation, honestly. So Ivan shoots Yuri, and in response, April shoots Ivan. April shot Ivan through the heart, which very, like, very mobster of her. Oh, yeah. Like, she doesn't really know how to use a gun. She just got super fucking lucky. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just thinking of, like, the 40s gangster movies where they're like, shoot him through the heart. Oh. Anyway. The drama. Yeah. But Ivan only shot Yuri through the shoulder. Yulia is safe. Alex took her, and they go off to the hospital. Here's where I have a weird printing thing. Ooh. Chapter 45 starts at the bottom of the page. It's written in the way that they write, like, chapter starts, like, the letters. Yeah. It's, like, big four, lower five. Yeah, because then we have, like, the actual chapter start, which is in that, you know, big first letter, whatever. Yeah. And we have another song. Is this our last song? No, we have one more song after this. Yes. This song is I Ran Out of That Grave by Be Do Tell. Yeah, this is the song I didn't really recognize. Neither did I. (laughs) But it fits. It's good. Good choice. So he has an operation to remove a bullet, even though I don't think you're really supposed to remove bullets anymore. If it's not causing any issues, you can just leave it in. (laughs) (laughs) They have a whole conversation about this, how Ivan's plan was to basically not quite kidnap Yulia, but like have Yulia all to himself so that he could inherit her $3 billion fortune. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Three billion pounds. So it, it, it's more in oh US dollars. God, that's more like $200 billion. Jesus. Or five quintillion Canadian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he confesses to April that he knew her mother was going to be at the event, to which she responds that she's actually glad that happened because now it just confirms that her mother not being in her life is actually a good thing. Yeah. 
So it's not like she was really missing out on anything all these years. Yeah, exactly. For some reason, this phone exchange made me laugh. She fished her cell phone out of her pocket and called Alex. Where are you guys now? She asked, her eyes on me. Ten minutes? Here he is awake. Yeah, he wants to see her. Okay, thanks. She ended the call. I guess you heard. Like, yeah. You said every critical piece of information right in front of him. Yes, you heard. (laughs) (laughs) It just felt so goofy to me. It felt not quite the same as this, but like in um, A Year Without a Santa Claus, when the elves takes a call from Miss Claus and he's like, yes, Mrs. Claus, right away, Mrs. Claus. Sure thing, Mrs. Claus. And then he hangs up and the elf next to him was like, who was that? That's what it reminded me of. Wait, real quick, where do you see that? Where was that bit? It's pretty close to the beginning of the chapter for me. For chapter 45? Yeah. Because uh, I don't think I have that phone bit. Really? Where, where where was that in relation to the, not the first time I've been shot? Like seven paragraphs after? I don't think I have that. Really? Yeah. I have, I was awake. I opened my eyes to the face of an angel. At first she seemed disoriented. I'm fine. Not the first time I've been shot. April lowered her head to my chest. Thank you for believing me, I said. I don't have that until later. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so weird. You skipped like eight paragraphs here. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't have any of that. Okay. Yulia, how is she? She lifted her face. I closed my eyes and thought of her horrified face when April turned the gun away from me and pointed it towards Ivan instead. How terrified she must have been of me all these months. Poor child, how she must have suffered. Where is she now? Alex took her out for a burger almost an hour ago. They should be back any time now, though. Hang on, I'll call Alex and I'll find out. And then she calls Alex. I don't have any of that. Wow. That seems like critical information, yeah. It had to be a printing issue because, like, we have this weird printing thing so maybe something got lost in this chapter specifically yeah that's so weird huh anyway so you know they're in they're in the hospital and this is after he confesses to knowing her mother was going to be there i'm still sorry you had to go through that public humiliation though i swear i will never allow anything like that to happen to you again and now for the big declaration april winters please don't leave me i want you in my life i love you I think I've loved you for a long time, but I didn't want to accept it. Her eyes grew round with wonder. You love me? Yes, I fucking love you. And anyway, what would I do without my little wildcat? Wildcat! She looked into my eyes. I'm not going anywhere, my love. It would be too hard to leave a man you are so crazy in love with that you'd kill another human being for and die for if necessary, which sentence structure was very confusing to me there. Terrible, (laughs) god-awful. My eyes filled with tears. God, how I love you, April. I was so afraid that at the beginning of that, uh, now for the big declaration, I was so afraid that was a marriage proposal. I was going to, I was going to be so mad. Me too. <laughs> because the book had played it like so cool up to this point. Mm-hmm. It would have completely ruined this book for me if there was a marriage <laughs> proposal right there. I would have been like, Back. God fucking damn it. Can we have one book <laughs> where somebody doesn't get married or beast married or fish married? No, <laughs> that's the end of the story. And then we get our epilogue, which, what song is this? Oh, wait, wait, real quick, hang on. Oh, what? We gotta talk about the adorable stuff with Julia. What adorable stuff with Julia? You don't have that? I guess not. The oh last thing I have God. is God, I love you, April. Holy shit, you have like like five pages missing from what your book. What the fuck? You have like the entire emotional climax with Julia missing from your book. No wonder this, like, left something to be desired, especially towards the end. Like, I'm missing shit. Holy shit. They make up here. Yeah, give me the rundown. Okay. Yulia comes in, and she, like, looks like she's about to burst into tears. 
And Yuri says, come here, you little buttonhead. I called softly. It was an endearment I had not used since she stopped speaking and started treating me as if she was afraid of me. With a great big sob, she ran towards me, barreling into my body. Fuck, the pain was like a jolt of electricity <laughs> through my chest. And I pulled in a sharp breath. She says, I'm sorry, Uncle Yuri. I'm sorry I didn't mean to hurt you. It's all my fault. I said, it's not your fault. None of this is your fault. But I thought you killed Papa and Mama. Look at me. I loved your papa. I couldn't have done anything to harm even a single hair on his head. He was my brother, Yulia, my only brother in the whole wide world. I know, she said in a small voice, but after I saw the video, great uncle Ivan said you wanted papa's money and that you were going to kill me. He lied, Yulia. Your father put you in my care because he knew you were like my daughter to me. I was there the night you were born. I waited all night with your father for your arrival. When the nurse put you into my arms, I kissed your feet and made a promise that I would do everything in my, in my power to protect you. I love you, Yulia. I'm sorry, Uncle Yuri. I grinned at her. Shall I tell you a secret? What? I think you found a brilliant solution to your problem. What do you mean? You stopped speaking until you knew what was going on. To me, that is the most intelligent thing you could have done. You didn't know who you could trust, so you just went quiet and waited. If I had been in your shoes, I can only hope that I would have done the same thing. Because it was really a clever thing to wait and see and not react immediately to difficult problems. So you're not mad with me? No, not at all. In fact, I'm a bit impressed with you. No, do you want to come down and lay down beside me? Yep. She jumped onto the chair April had been sitting on and gingerly maneuvered on the bed. Carefully, she lowered herself next to me and wriggled her small body around as she found a comfortable position. For the first time in six months, I felt her body next to mine, relaxed and without fear, and something inside me felt vulnerable, as if I was looking at something awe-inspiring. She asks to hear the story again about how her parents met. He starts to tell it, and he feels like he's about to burst into tears. And she says, it's okay, Uncle Yuri, I'll tell you the story. I'm so fucking upset right now. This changes everything for me. I don't think you even realize. Let's let's finish this up so we can get into rankings. Okay. Final song is Speak Softly, Love, which is from the fucking Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> which I said is a little on the nose. <laughs> for a mafia wedding <laughs> but yeah that's it it's the wedding yep 16 months later they get married we said our vows i never once looked away from the magic of his eyes the neary drew me in for a long deep kiss the church faded and the world dropped away there was no one else but us just us our mouths our bodies and our hearts beating together i like that more than the final line which is i love you mrs volkov he whispered to me with all my heart thank you for choosing me I pulled him into my arms and spoke the words I knew deep down in my soul. I love you more, Mr. Volrov. Thank you for choosing me. Yeah, it should have ended. We didn't need yeah. that bit. And then there's a second epilogue. Wait, there is? My God, Cole. What the fuck? Here's the thing. It says specifically here, epilogue two, Charlotte. And then it says unedited version. Oh, no, all I get is the end. Yes, Charlotte gets her H-E-A-2 smiley face set in a castle in Wales. Hers is the next story. Look out for the man in the mirror. Nicole, that means you are missing a grand total of like 10 pages from this, this is book. This fucking, this changes ten everything. You don't even crucial understand. Pages. I'm putting this book in the trash. <laughs> it's not important, but I'll give you the gist. Okay. Charlotte's been bouncing from job to job for the last, like, year or so. The last family that she was living with in Wales moved to America, and she's not really had a good time since, and she's leaving for a new job on Monday. Oh my god, the baby just moved again. I have to tell Yuri this. She read for the cell phone. April's like, don't worry, you'll get your happily ever after. And 
she's like hardly since i'll likely be dressed in sackcloth ashes and a horrible pair of librarian glasses for the foreseeable future because april says you should dress less sexy for your next job <laughs> anyway and then so yes charlie gets her hea2 set in a castle in wales hey georgia um what the fuck what the fuck honestly i'm taking this very personally i feel very betrayed right now claudia let's get into rankings what do you give this yes. for steaminess oh we gotta do smash pass oh smash or pass smash and smash i'm giving yuri a soft smash mm-hmm. i'm giving april winters a hard smash mm-hmm. april is the best i give them both smashes yuri a harder smash and i only say that because he clearly knows what to do with the parts that I possess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, same with April. <laughs> yeah, so like, good shit. Okay, now rankings. I got two ahead of myself before. Steaminess. Nicole, I'm giving it a five. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> I'm going to dock it at point one. I'm going to get 4.9 just because there are some things in here that made me laugh that took me out for like half a second. But yeah. overall, this shit was so mm, more juicy, just delicious. I want I want more of it. Exactly. So, Nicole, what do you give this for dreaminess? Okay. I know it's my turn, but I want you to go first because let me tell you, this scored a lot lower when I read it. And I'm so fucking mad because if I had those pages that you had, I would have ranked it much higher right off the bat. So I need a little more time to to process. I'm giving it like a three and a half. I think that it's pretty good. I like their chemistry. I think they're fun characters. I like that they both care about the people around them so much, but have so much like deep insecurities because of their past and their trauma. I like that they're into each other. I could have gotten more. You know, I feel like this book was very sexually focused, which is fine. Nicole. I initially was going to rank this very low because if we just focus on their relationship, there really isn't much substance there. It's all sex. And then we get the occasional little like, you know, treat of them, Mm -hmm. you know, bonding over their pasts and like learning how to trust each other and stuff, which I enjoyed. So I was honestly going to give it like like a Mm 1.2, but- What honestly really does it for me and really changed the game, especially now that I am aware of the fact that I'm missing a whole bunch of shit, what really, really does it for me is Yuri and his relationship with Yulia and how much he cares about her. Like him being such a good uncle and just like, you know, paternal figure now that her dad's dead, like I find that super dreamy. And I'm so mad I didn't get the same, like, closure that you did. Because that just, that bumps it right up. I'm giving it a 3.2. That's a solid two more points than I was going to give it before. Damn. I can't believe that. I mean, the fact that my final epilogue says it's unedited tells me that they edited some of it for the print version. So that taking that out might have been straight up intentional. Like, why? Like, all the Yulia stuff? That's, that is, like, the crux of the ending. You don't get to put that on the cutting room floor. Because one of my... Okay, let's do Mimi-ness, and then I want to get into yes, it yeah, a little yeah. bit more. So, Mimi-ness. What do you give for Mimi-ness? I'm giving it a fucking five. Fuck yeah. The, the concept is so goofy. There's so much fun shit in here. It's very self-aware. I really enjoyed this book. And what I was going to say before is I think that ultimately the books on our podcast are pick two. Steamy, dreamy, meany, pick two. And mm-hmm. that's what you can get for your book. Yeah. At most. It's like Love Me Whole, our, our other highest rated book, is high, dreamy, high, steamy. 
this book is high steamy, high meany. Yes. I'm really happy with this pick just because this is literally everything I thought we were going to be yeah. doing in this podcast. This is this is the book. Great book. Yes. So yeah, agree with you on the Mimi. It's it's oh I I loved this. This I this was so good. I honestly didn't think I loved it as much at the beginning, but then when we got like through it and just remembering certain things, mm-hmm. I grew to like it more over the course of this episode. And then of course, with the whole, all this, all this shit you threw at me at the end, which who knows what else in, you know, within yeah. the actual book I might've missed because now that we have the rankings out of the way, one of my biggest criticisms here was going to be that I felt like there was no payoff here because I'm like, we have like all this build up. And then it's like, okay, like, you know, fucking what's his face? Ivan is the bad guy and he dies. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's, And then we get a wedding at the end. And then mm-hmm. I love you. Like, it, that, that's not enough. I would payoff. be so unsatisfied if that was what happened. Oh, for sure. Because it's like, you know, then it's like, I was reading this. I'm like, all right, well, fuck Yulia, I guess. Like, she's just, you know, Alex took her away. And that's literally the last I saw of her until she was like the flower girl or some shit at their wedding. Yeah. So it, it left a lot to be desired. Most of this book is just like not really any plot. Mm-hmm. And then just like the one bit of plot we did get, we had all this buildup and then I was just left totally unsatisfied. This book edged me and then, you know, I was just (laughs) sitting there like pissed off. Just like their first sexual encounter. You've got to live it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) And that's exactly what it was missing. I'm glad that like the rating I gave it isn't what it actually deserved. Because I was saying before, I'm like 3.94 is way too fucking high. Mm -hmm. But now- you understand why I said that. Yeah, it's insane. The entire story seemed so pointless because yeah. I didn't get that. I was like, just give me the sex at this point. Because so much of this book rotates around Yulia. Exactly. Oh my God. I'm very disappointed with this print copy. <laughs> Them's the breaks, kids. So would you recommend this book? Yeah, read this book. Yeah. It was so much fun. Specifically the ebook. Do yeah. not read the physical copy, my friends. Do not. Not worth your money. Nope. I just wanted to add it to my shelf. You see what happens? This is what happens when you buy books. (laughs) I'm going to start burning them instead. Take that print media. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Claudia, what are we reading next time? Uh, Next time, we're going to continue our fun train that we've been on. uh, And we're returning to the woods with Wildfire Unicorn. Yay! I've been so excited for this one. And... We're going to have a special guest to help us out. Yay! I love it. We get our firefighters back. Mm. We get a fun guest. We're going to have some steaminess like we did last time, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. My expectations for this next book are a little high. And just because we had such a good experience with Wildfire Griffin. So we'll see if it lives up to the hype. We'll see what happens. My hype. (laughs) Nicole, any final word on uh, Nanny and the Beast? Don't buy the fucking print copy. Yeah. I'm so I'm so upset. I'm so angry. Read it. Listeners, I don't think you even realize. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice, but still, I don't think I'm properly communicating just how upsetting this is to me. I mean, I think you say it all. I'm just going to say I think Yuli is very cute. And I'm glad that she's a character in this book. For sure. See, and that's why you liked her more at the beginning than yeah. I did. There we go. Because you got nothing at the end. You were like, she's barely a character. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Now you understand. She has a personality. She has an arc. (laughs) (laughs) No, 
she just had like a little eh, and then nothing. <laughs> she just disappeared into the ether. I also find it so funny how you said like almost word for word the shit that Yuri says directly to her when you were talking about like how clever Yulia is by not by like not saying anything instead of <laughs> I, I found that so funny now knowing that you didn't read that. <laughs> God, I'm so upset, but you know, I'm glad I at least know now and that this book is actually better than I thought it was. So, yeah. but read this book, friends. It's it's a it's a fun romp. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's safe to say that we will be returning to good friend of the show Georgia Lacar at yeah, some point. Definitely. I think perhaps in ebook form though. Absolutely. Now I know. <laughs> now we know. Okay, well, that's it for this week's episode. You can follow me at Sexy Pagliacci on Twitter. That's S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I. And you can find me at Punk Dyke, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. Can't believe nobody had that app. You can follow the show at the 3LW Podcast on Twitter and all the millions of socials. We are on Patreon as well if you want to support the show. And I think that's it. Until next time, friends. Get the ebook. <laughs> Get the ebook. Bye. Bye. This episode was made possible by our patron, June B, and by listeners like you. Thank you. Hi there, my name's Max Newland. My friends and I love anime, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, my name is Max Kostrak, and I have a confession today. I do love anime. Hey there, my name is Stevie Matos, and I love anime like I love yogurt parfaits. I watch it, I engage with it, and I think about it a lot. Give me a good bed of mechs, sprinkled with some harem anime, a slice of life, and some little dabs of a sports anime. Let's go. Mm. Now doesn't that sound delicious? Join us every Monday at the After School Anime Club, a podcast where we play fun games and talk through the anime classics of the 90s and 2000s. That's the After School Anime Club, available now on your podcatcher of choice.